are live, Bose and TKO's episode eight coming at you on this beautiful Tuesday evening. Got my homie Jace Tibby 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 in the house. Um, I guess we'll break down how we know each other. He's rocking the Grizz hat, a little Grizz alumni. Uh, we met freshman year of college in Missoula in the in the uh, 406 and. Um, Jace has been a pretty solid MMA fan. We're going to test that knowledge today. <laughs> Casual. Uh, but I'm not bringing anyone who just can't talk about shit in, right? Uh, Jace, I've been talking to him, especially since I moved out here to the Valley. He lives in Prescott, born and raised in Phoenix? Born and raised in Phoenix, 30 years. Born and raised in Phoenix. And I really wanted to be able to banter a little bit versus just having to rattle myself off for an hour, an hour and a half. And I got this guy to come to UFC 291 with me in Salt Lake City. At the Delta Center, man, that card was so good. I had to go in person. I was down to go myself, but I was like, hey, Jace, you've been talking about watching the fights. He came and watched the card. I was like, let's just go to Salt Lake City and, and let's do the thing. And um, I don't know if it was your idea or mine about breaking it down on the podcast, but here we are. So thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think uh, it was more of what you told me we're going to go after a few too many happy dads and then I agreed, and then the next morning you bought tickets, and I was like, well, I guess we're going to... That's how I roll. UFC 291, but it turned out to be a phenomenal card. Probably going to be the best card of the year, in my opinion, at least so far. Uh, lots of expected bangers there. Um, I'm excited to talk about it with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, I'm fired up. It's, it's going to be a stacked card. But before we talk MMA, uh, we're going to talk the one and only sponsor here at Bose and TKOs, and that is Fueled Supplements. So health is wealth, keep your immune system strong, reduce cortisol, and detoxify your body on a cellular level, as well as relieving chronic joint pain and increasing your overall energy and vitality with Fueled Supplements Wellness products. You get Fueled Multivitamins and Fueled Greens. Uh, it's the immunity combo your body needs to be and stay at your best. Do you do any multivitamin or like athletic greens or green supplements? No. I mean, I take one green supplement for the most part, but it's not really sold on the big box store shelves. That's why this guy's so thick, you know what I mean? Um, but I, I love Field Greens. I love Field Multi. keeps me going, keeps me sharp. And it's definitely a product I've been using uh, since I've been connected with Josh and Field Supplements. You guys can always, you know, make more money, so you can't always get back your health. So start today. Save a little cash while doing so. Go to FieldSupplements.com. The best place on the web for sports and wellness products. Save 15% off while doing so. Use the promotion code BUCKETS, B-U-C-K-E-T-S. Once again, B-U-C-K-E-T-S, 15% off. And Jason always tell people, support small business. I know you could go to GNC, go to Amazon, but that's really not doing what the American dream is all about. We have field supplements here, spreading the word on some quality stuff, good price. Save some money while doing so. Uh, do you support a small business, or are you a corporate guy? No, man. I, uh, I've been working for a startup in Prescott for the last three years. Uh, local business there. Make a lot of uh, connections with the community. Give it a good experience to the community out there. Uh, so I'm all for small business, man. It's what I do. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. So episode eight already. I mean, technically, if I counted all my episodes, I'm probably like 140. But bows and TKOs. What do you think about the name and the rebrand, by the way? I like the, I like the intro song. The intro song is, is pretty good, pretty, man. Pretty nice, right? Yeah, I remember the first time you showed it to me. Uh, I, I didn't quite buy it when I when I heard it the first time, but then when I saw you in here with the with the background and the swag and the wine and... <laughs> dude, 
Yeah, it goes for sure. Native Bows American reservation rapper Shadow Devereaux Foreshadow. Shout he out. goes by, so shout out Foreshadow. Big time. I was like, hey man, would love to have the homies hook it up. Why pay some random person or go somewhere online and pay some random person when you got the homie hookup? You know what Small I'm saying? Small business. Small business. Small business. That's what we're all about. All right. Well, we have so much MMA action to talk about. We're just on the heels of watching the new Ultimate Fighter episode. We thought about f- filming this before, but decided to wait after so we could break that down for you guys as well. But lots of MMA matchups that have been booked. So we're going to jump right into it. We got Tyson Pedro and Anton Turcali, the Contender Series alumni. UFC 293, that Sydney card is getting built out. I expect this to be a banger. You know anything about these guys? You excited for this? What's your thoughts? Um, you know, I don't know too much about those guys. What's the main event in Sydney happening? Um, I'm assuming it's Izzy. It's not fully it's built out yet. Okay. But... We don't know it yet for sure. So he's a okay. casual. We're, we're, we're judging. Like him I said, now. no, I said that earlier. <laughs> who, who are these guys? Fill me in. Uh, Tyson Pedro, Anton Turcali, I believe, are late heavyweights, heavy hitters. So it should be a, a good stylistic matchup. Yeah, okay. I'm always down for a good striking fight. Full action, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then we got Islam Makachev, Charles Oliveira, the duo, the second matchup, Paula Costa, Kamzat Chamayev, and Nasardina Mavov, Ikram Aliskarov, who is supposed to fight in Salt Lake City. I don't know a ton about him, though. I'm not too upset yeah. that he's not there. I would have loved I'm, to see Paulo. I'm, yeah, I'm upset that, that Paulo's not there. I was really excited for that fight. Always fun to see him. He's a, he's a heavy hitter. He's a banger. It's always a banger every time he's in a fight. But... For Dana uh, to make it up with uh, the matchmaking to find Kamzat and get him signed on a, on a match versus Col- uh, Paulo Costa. Uh, they both have taken a lot of time off. Uh, they're both coming back in with a little bit a little bit more to prove. Um, should be a really good fight, man. Yeah, I mean, Abu Dhabi. I'd love to go to Abu Dhabi one day. Uh, but Islam Makachev, Charles Oliveira, some of the baddest men in the sport. I'm super fired up about that one. As well as this matchup, man, we got Derek Brunson, Roman Delidzi, UFC 295. You want to talk about action, Roman Delidzi, all he knows is action. So I'm excited about that one. Any thoughts there? Yeah, Delidze is always fun to watch, man. He's always, uh, he always surprises me. Uh, he always shows us something new every time that he fights. And uh, Derek Brunson, he's been, he's been around forever. And the blonde Brunson. He's man. got, he yeah, he's got the blonde hair. <laughs> You've seen what dyeing uh, your hair blonde does to these fighters these days, man. After Everyone they kind of needs a little slim shady in them, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, dude. I just find that dog go blonde. I was thinking about it myself, but I don't think I can pull it off. A Jewish blonde. That's interesting. If you tell them, I'll know, dude. <laughs> uh, we got Nazrat Haparis versus Sam Patterson, September 2nd in UFC Paris. Um, really awesome fight. A little bit of a veteran versus a young contender series uh, fighter. I'm assuming you probably don't know much about these dudes. No, Nasrak Hawkbarast, he just lost to uh, Big Mouth, if I'm not mistaken. Did they just fight? I couldn't tell you if that was his last fight, but I he's a solid fighter. I think it was his last fight. He's always fun to watch. That was a, a good fight. Um, I'm, I'm always excited to see him fight. He reminds me a little bit of Henry Cejudo, just the way he uh, carries himself, maybe a little bit of the way he looks. He's fun to watch. And then we got Jamie Malarkey versus John McDessey. That just got booked this afternoon for uh, the Sydney Car 293. Uh, we had Miguel Beiza pull out of the fight against Jake Matthews this weekend. Was super bummed about that. I love me a little bit of Miguel Beza. Uh Did you know him coming in? Were you excited for him? Yeah, I was, I was excited for that fight. And I think uh, Jake actually got an easier matchup uh, with him pulling out and the yeah. other guy coming in on uh, short notice. We're going to cover that later. Um, yeah, bummed about that one, but the card itself made up for it. 
And then something about that Dagestani camp, Umar Nurmagomedov, Saeed Nurmagomedov, both pulling out of their fights. Was really excited for Umar Khoury mm. and Rayoni Barcelo subbed in uh, to take on Kyler Phillips in August. And then we had Rob Font. He said, I'm game. Um, he was supposed to fight Song Yudong in 292. Song Yudong had pulled out, so it was a perfect switch. I'm excited for the Rob Font fight. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Dagestani pullout never ceases to amaze. A little bummed about that. Any thoughts on those pullouts and the new matchups? Always excited to see a Nurmagomedov fight, man. Uh, just the legends that have come out of that camp, obviously. Uh, you've got uh, Khabib, the legend, and then Islam. Khabib. Uh, but you've got all these other guys. Uh, they're following in the footsteps of, uh, of Khabib and, uh, and Islam. And, I mean, they're incredible to watch. They're really fun. Uh, they're, they're just dominant. And it's, it's uh, crazy to see that Sambo style really taking over the, uh, the game. It really is. And uh, a little shocked about some of these names. I would assume <clears throat> some of this is contractual. I actually saw some of the background. Demiris Mugalov, if you're familiar, Bulgoy Ivanov, and Tyson Nam removed from the UFC roster. Uh, Demir supposedly had an opportunity to negotiate a contract. He could potentially be back. He had talked about retirement, came back. Very high-level strikers, but some very high-quality talent removed from the UFC. And we were just talking about... The prospects, veterans, tough action, and a lot of those guys are high-quality fights. So, uh, bummed to see those guys not on the roster, but uh, hopefully we get to see at least as Mugalov come back. Yeah, man. Um, I didn't know that those guys were uh, were cut or didn't re-sign uh, Tyson That's why Nam. you got to tune in to Bose and TKO, you know what I'm saying? Tyson Nam <laughs> is always a fun guy to watch. Uh, really bummed now that he's out. Going to have to see where he goes, follow him, and uh, hopefully he can get back to the big time. Absolutely. And Meatball Molly will break down that shit show of a fight, but she says yes. that she is going to move to straw weight. I don't know if that's a choice or if that's her only option that the UFC gave her, but she's going to move down to straw weight. And then um, Fight Pass Invitational. This will be the sixth one going down December 14th. We're getting GSP, Damian Maya, in a grappling event. Have you ever tuned in to one of these Fight Pass events? Not as it was happening live. I've seen highlights from them. They look pretty cool. Um, definitely going to have to tune in for those two legends. Yeah, and GSP talks about wanting to grow the grappling scene. You know, your boy working on that four-stripe four white belt out here, trying to get that blue belt so I can retire. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, GSP is talking about wanting to build the grappling scene and you know, I broke down the Fight Pass Invitational and, and, and was kind of just honest. Like, if you're trying to tune into MMA and just get into the sport, you kind of got to be a little bit of a diehard just to love no-gi jiu-jitsu. Uh, but it would be great to see the UFC continue to, you know, let their athletes have mid-level fights. Like, Anthony Smith just fought. You know, he's taking a couple L's. Go out there and get your grappling. Get a competition blood flow going. And have an opportunity to build some of these grappling guys' brand, you know? Yeah, it's tough to, to build that that sport specifically, I think a lot of people tune into the UFC and uh, Strike Force and other MMA uh, uh, promotions because of the excitement of what can happen with a big knockout. It's like why people watch NASCAR for crashes. I oh, mean, it's, it sells itself. And when you've got something like this, if you're a casual, most of it's not really going to make sense to you. Yep. But uh, it's still fun. I'm all about it, and I'll definitely break it down. And uh, another thing I'll break down, you're probably not familiar, but we had Richie Savage win the Titan FC Championship. Only reason I know about Richie Savage, Field Supplements, Josh Warren gave me the plug a couple fights ago. He actually helped um, train the fighters for Team uh, McGregor at the Ultimate Fighter, some of that wrestling background, but he won the Titan FC Championship. 
Uh, Titan FC is a great promotion and a breeding ground for, for the UFC. So he, he's well on his way to the UFC. Excited to see him. He's a collegiate wrestler, uh, uh, wrestled for Team USA. So Not a good showing uh, on tough, man, for that team. That's <laughs> yeah. got to be a tough one. He didn't compete, but he got to help coach. Yeah. He probably coached more than McGregor did. Tough one. <laughs> Um, and then um, this London card this past weekend, they gave a sweet, um, like, a, not, you know, a retirement or Hall of Fame video, but just a welcoming video for Michael Bisbing, who was announcing. Did you see the video? Yeah. They yeah. said the O2 Arena, the ho- the arena that Bisbing built. Bisbing got a little emotional. They kind of threw that on the spot for him, but that was a really cool moment. I'd love to see that. And I love when they give the veterans their dues because I feel like the UFC definitely could do a little bit better in that area. Yeah, man, I, I almost got emotional on that one. I, I really love Bisping, where he came from, what he did in the UFC, how he carried himself, kind of one of those pioneers of uh, the entertainment side of the business. Um, he's done a great job. He continues to give back to the sport, uh, the community. He's taught me a lot of what I know about the UFC, so uh, really happy to see that guy get honored like that and to say that that's the arena he built, man, that's that's really touching. That's and I was never cool. a Bisbing fan personally. I actually hated the guy. I was always against Bisbing. But once he got older and then the story about his eye came out and that he was winning some of those fights basically with one eye is pretty badass. And, you know, I'm definitely a guy that has to work hard, determination, do all that, and he, he definitely is a perfect soldier for dedication, work ethic, all those great things. So I, I like the guy that he is. I think he's doing great post-UFC, mm-hmm. the podcast, the analyst. Uh, he's still staying in shape. You know, he's going to grapple GSP, or he, GSP talked about wanting to grapple him. So um, awesome to see. Good job by the UFC there. Easy to hit a guy who pioneers talking shit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a McGregor fan either. So. Exactly my point. <laughs> But let's talk Ultimate Fighter. We're going to break down last week's episode. Chandler having the opportunity for a clean sweep. And 406 alumni Hunter Azure, the Poplin's finest, had a chance and wasn't able to pull it off. He got defeated by the uh, four seed. Hunter was the one seed for the bantamweight division. Stud. And the weird moment was Hunter, as you would expect, went in for some grappling opportunity. Went for the blast double. And, you know, they always talk about the 12-6 elbows being an issue. This guy came in, and it wasn't quite 12-6, but he was just like, shink, 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 just sliced Hunter's head <laughs> open. It was bloodier than hell. It was one hell of a scene. But Team Team McGregor has one guy, gets gets the lone dog. And the cool thing was is they were showing the videos of McGregor coaching him, and he was talking about that right over, mm. that right over. Boom, buckled Hunter, got in, got the finish. What was your thoughts on last week's episode? Man, I feel bad for Hunter. He came out so strong, too. He It was a great fight to watch. Uh, obviously, want the 4-6 boy to get the win after hearing several weeks earlier uh, you talking about him and uh, knowing him a little bit in, in your Montana days. Uh, I you know I wasn't really paying attention, but having having seen him come up and then Azure, I was like, I know this name. Um, and then to see him coming from Montana, training out of Phoenix, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's got to be the guy. Uh, Shane's Shane's a friend with so you know hopefully uh, he bounces back from that one strong hopefully uh, you actually get him here out on the pod I think that would be really cool uh, give him a chance to break down uh, what happened there and you know just uh, help him help him move forward and up upward and onward yeah and uh, I was really interested to see what his feedback would be after that loss because you know he's my age he's 31 he's got a family here and he, he gets paid to coach at fight ready but when you almost, 
the UFC doesn't get a lot of second chances out, and you get that opportunity, mm. and you lose in the mm. first round. I was kind of wondering, I was like, where's his mentality going to be? Is he going to want to continue to fight? Is he going to be unsure? And he clearly was like, I'm coming back better. I'm going to keep putting the work in. You have to get knocked down multiple times to come back up. And that's just, that's who he is. His whole life is wrestling, mixed martial arts. So I'm excited to see him wherever he goes, whether it's the UFC or not. You know, he could make some money in other promotions. Uh, we got some other Wyoming and Montana alumni out there in Bellator yeah. and other promotions. So wish the best to him. And then we had this week's episode, the first semifinal matchup in lightweight. I mean, this is really a UFC quality fight. We had uh, Austin Hubbard. Uh, who we both picked uh, pre-show. I was like, who do you want? We, we both picked Austin Hubbard. Take on Landon Roberts, and the first round was so damn close. There wasn't a lot of Ultimate Fighter show case in most of the episode before the fight. It was just Connor making an Irish stew for the boys uh, that are all sitting that there good. taking L's. I had to fuck that stew yeah. up, man. 100%. He, he put no water in with the stew. It was just all his beer, forced. so it was uh, a little spicy stew, maybe. Yeah, a couple of them didn't like the stew. I don't know if it's if actually like the McGregor stew or, or McGregor. Like yeah, the, a lot of them seem a lot of those guys have beef because he's been talking so okay. much shit. Here's a let me interject a little bit here with a sidebar. I understand not wanting to switch teams to go over from uh, from the side of uh, Chandler to to McGregor, especially after the scene McGregor made after the one win his team got. Um, but man, to have that opportunity to just go train with with McGregor and at least get both sides of things. and Especially when they talked about being such close friends, and they've actually been the training partners yeah. through the past four weeks, so they know each other so well. Just, I mean, to have that opportunity as, regardless, a young guy or uh, uh, a guy who's coming back to the UFC, a veteran, uh, to have that chance to train with McGregor and the people that he's chosen to, to train with him uh, from his camp, that's, that's an experience uh, or an opportunity that you don't get. I don't know if I would be as Yeah, he short. let his fourth seed drive the Lambo, bro. I, dude, <laughs> I bet he would have let his eighth seed drive the Lambo. He's got another one. He's got a boat. That's, that's Lamborghini. Oh, that's a, good, that's a good thought. I mean, these guys were so close. You could tell they were measured. They weren't as aggressive as they usually are, especially Austin. I thought he would really get into that wrestling more than he did because round one, they just were kind of feeling each other out. I, I thought Austin won the fight because he had bigger moments, but it was so damn close. Alandon is just so long, and that straight left jab he has is faster than hell, and it hit Austin nice a couple times. Yeah, I honestly, I honestly thought uh, Roe won that first that first round. It was a really close round. I would not want to judge it, um, but just by the significance of the strikes. I mean, they were close by the numbers, but the significance of the strikes that he put on uh, Hubbard were, I think, more quality. Uh, second round easily goes to Hubbard and then the third round with the takedown I thought it was Roe um, and when we chose uh, Hubbard I was bummed at that but ended out what was it I think it was a split right squeaked out yeah, the decision, split decision. round two yeah. Austin got a takedown controlled the round should have been his round and then round three um, was a really close round I thought Alanon definitely won if I were the judge I would have gave Austin rounds one and two Alanon round three and that's exactly what I think ended up happening but it was a damn close fight. There wasn't a lot of aggression. You could see Dana wanted more, especially with these guys that are second chances. Right. But when you have one team who's all friends having to square up, that adds a lot of like I could have never imagined having to fight someone that I'm close with. It's they know that like they have families that on the line. They probably are not making a lot of money. This is like a huge life moment, mm. and to go that and steal that from someone that you're you consider yourself close with. I mean, that's a whole other animal. And, I mean, they trained together closely, probably more closely than anyone else on that team for the last four weeks. 
Um, they know each other well. It's no surprise the fight started out slowly. Uh, but at the same time, you're both fighting for your own, your own family. This is a blip in the moment of time in your life. You need to take advantage of the situation. And then next week we get Timur Valiev. Islam comes in, tries wow. to give him some coaching advice. Brad Katona, no surprise, goes to Team McGregor with his coach, John Kavanaugh. That is going to be one awesome bat to my... I mean, these are UFC-quality fights. Some of these guys, I was shocked, were released from the UFC in the first place. So, Yeah, Timur is, is an incredibly talented fighter. You saw at the end of the last episode, uh, the quarterfinal, final episode, um, all the guys thought Timur was the toughest guy in the house. Yeah. Um, all the guys. And uh, I think... Uh, the UFC and, and, and Uncle Dana and the matchmakers are really giving us a treat, giving us the two best fights uh, out of the four right off the bat. We're, we're, we're getting it to, to go down. Uh, so as the Ultimate Fighter rounds up, we have some news outside of the UFC. The Tyson Fury, Francis Ngannou fight got officialized, and it is officially going on ESPN pay-per-view, which for them is a massive deal. I'm not the biggest boxing fan, but the pay-per-view, Showtime here, here, you never know... Like, Terrence Crawford this week, if you told me, Shane, where's it streaming? Or how do I watch it? I'm like, dude, I have to Google it. I really don't know. It's not a commonality. And I think the ESPN deal that the UFC landed was so big for growing the UFC. I've talked about how COVID really took it like a stock skyrocket. And for this fight to be ESPN pay-per-view worldwide opportunity, holy shit, that's a huge deal. And just quickly, what are your thoughts on that fight? Um, you know, originally it was talked about maybe an exhibition is actually going to be a record pro fight. Oh, There's a rematch clause in it. Great. Awesome for Francis to get this because everyone was kind of knocking him with his decision. I would like to see him in the UFC, but this is awesome. ESPN pay-per-view, massive. Yeah, agreed. Selfishly, I want Francis back in the UFC. His fights are incredible. You can't replicate him. There's nobody else in the UFC like him. There's probably nobody else in boxing like him. It's going to be really exciting to see. There's no one that just grew up in Cameroon and lived in yeah, the I salt mean, mines with it's, fucking it's, a body that looks like the Predator. That's, yeah, that guy's incredible. I mean, that guy is a specimen uh, if, if, there, if there is one in, in, uh, in professional fighting, but... I'm happy he's finally getting paid. I don't agree with the decision, selfishly, so that I could see him fight more in the sport that I love to watch. But um, he's getting a payday. If he wins, he's going to get another payday. So I'm happy for him, and hopefully we'll see him one day back in the UFC. Uh, and hopefully to fight John Jones. Yeah, doubt we see it, but a massive win for him. ESPN pay-per-view. I never would have thought that was going to be an option. And uh, we talked a little bit about it, but big boxing fight. If you guys are trying to get into boxing or just want to see high-quality boxing, man. We got Earl Spence, Terrence Crawford this Saturday. I will not be watching. Why? Because I'll be at the motherfucking Delta Center That's right. watching UFC 291. Right. But this right. is a massive fight, and I will, you know, as I do boxing, barely talk about it next week. But we'll mention it. It's worth mentioning. Did you know about the fight this weekend? No. No, absolutely not. I haven't been paying attention to anything other than UFC 291 and the last uh, uh, couple weeks of UFC <laughs> leading up to it and, and all the fights of the fighters who are fighting on that main card. So since I've done the podcast, I've really tried to broaden my MMA horizons, really trying to get more into Bellator, more into other promotions, one championship, not really risen, but other things. But one of my favorite things that the other promotions do is Bellator says... Here's our A squad. Risen says, here's our A squad, and they match them up, and it's a really awesome thing. They did it last year. This weekend is the second one of those, and they have a lot of good Bellator Risen matchups and some Bellator fights. 
You ever watch Bellator? You ever take a dabble? Did you know about this? Um, it's I, interesting I, because I knew I'm, about Bellator. Before you say, because I talk to my audience and I'm like trying to think, do they know? Because I barely know, and I'm a diehard. So I'm curious if it's very because they don't promote it as well as the UFC does. You know, when someone big, for example, Michael Chandler comes over from a promotion like yeah, Bellator, yeah, once they come over, but did you watch them in Bellator? No, no, I don't, I don't know. Um, and that leads me to my next question for you: Why hasn't Bellator or any of the other fight promotions like Risen or Strikeforce? Why haven't they risen to the prominence of the UFC? So one of my conclusions there is I've really tried to give it a chance. I've tuned in. I've spent too much yeah, if time. Yeah, you've watched it. The quality why don't of I fights just aren't there. Yeah, they do have a handful of gems though. <laughs> a couple guys that maybe never got their UFC chance that are getting paid and just stay loyal to the promotion. <coughs> guys like Chandler. Uh, and there's some other guys that we'll name off, but did you even know this was going down this weekend? No. Okay. No. So I'll quickly skim through this, but Bellator Risen, great opportunity. The shit's happening live that won't be recorded, then it's on Showtime, then it's not, because it is going overseas, so the time difference is weird. And they have Bellator sta- saved for Saturday night Showtime, because Showtime makes some money off Bellator, so they're showing the Bellator... Specific main card fights uh, on Saturday evening. I'm not even sure how to stream the rest because I'm not going to be streaming. But these are cool fights, and, and and I'm excited to see what happens. So let's see if you know these names. The main event, very, very big fight for the Bellator promotion. AJ McKee, Patricky Pitbull are going at it. I believe this is lightweight. That's, so The second guy's a rapper, right? Mm-mm. No. Nope, never heard of him. Yeah. So great fight. Really excited for that one. I'm probably going to pick AJ McKee. Patricky's getting older. He hasn't looked the cleanest of late. And AJ's got a really good wrestling-heavy style that I think is going to pay dividends here. And then we have uh, Bellator is making a flyweight division. And this fight is going to be for the flyweight championship in the co-main event. We got the veteran Kyoji Horiguchi taking on Makato Shinru for the flyweight championship. Um, Just because I've never seen Shinru and I'm not going to watch film to talk about this. Uh, I'm taking Kyoji, but Kyoji's had some ups and downs, but the first flyweight, they're trying to add to it. It's a big deal. Kaiori, Kyoji Horiguchi. Yep. Yeah, I pick him too. (laughs) That's a, that thing rolls right off the tongue. And then we got Danny Sabatello taking on Magomed Magomedov. Yep. You got a Magomed in the name. They're probably getting done, I've heard of, I think, first and last name, both of them, I pretty sure it's two people and sabatello i've heard that name yeah they're they're solid fighters they've been around for a long time so it's a big fight for them and then in the women's uh side of things we got kana watanabe taking on vita artiaga and then we have andre koreshkov and lorenz larkin i love me some lorenz he's a fun fighter to watch so lots of good stuff just on the bellator then there's also the risen bellator matchups so if you're wanting all your mma action you got terrence spence ufc 291 Bellator Risen, there is not a lack of action this weekend going down. All right, so we're going to talk UFC Fight Night London. I got a little morning golf in. It was hot as shit, man. I am not (laughs) used to this heat. I started golfing at 645. It was 92 degrees. I finished golfing at like 11 something, and it was 102 degrees. I was beat. I had a double freaking Bloody Mary I had a couple light beers. I golfed under 100 legit, pretty solid day in the heat. You know, when you're heated up, you're just lubed up. You're ready to fucking get some gas on that driver, dude. I was hitting right down the middle. It was nice. 
But I had to hit the cold plunge. And the nice thing was, is I got to get out of the cold plunge and I got to watch UFC day fucking action go down in London. And it was fun. Yeah, that was a great morning, man. I love, I love it when fights are overseas and I get to wake up and chill. I didn't like golf. Football morning, right? Saturday yeah, exactly. Morning. It's uh, it's off season football morning time on a Saturday. There's nothing better than that. You partied on a Friday because you were pissed off because of the week <laughs> at work all week. I love my job. Never get pissed off. Startup life. Yeah. <laughs> never ever. <laughs> never work sixteen hour days. But uh, yeah, great Friday night. Wake up. You wake up. Go fish. You know that's the great thing about Prescott. You wake up. It's not 102 degrees. It's 92. 70. No, in the morning it's 75 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and gets up to like maybe 90 if we're unlucky. Um, but yeah, I got into Phoenix and people are just angry here, man. The heat really gets to people. Press gets fun. Press, nobody's nobody's angry. Uh, we can hater. fish. We can camp. You hate us because you can hate us. I lived here for 27 <laughs> years. I tried it. I tried it. No, it's, it is hot. I've never experienced this whew. again without the cold plunge. You burn. I have no idea. You burn the back of your arm on your seatbelt yet? No, I don't burn. Oh, uh, wait. Just you wait until it. Nope. Just, you're, you have no. First of all, you got white pasty Montana skin. You tan on the So you take walks in the morning, um, <laughs> in this hot sun. But yeah, man, wait, wait. You're gonna call me the moment you lean back onto that seatbelt, and it just you can hear it sizzle. Your, it's a sensitive area back there. Well, uh, Boza TKO is your host, Shane Gillette, had a good week with Pickums. I went 9-3 and three on the London card, the 0-2. And I tried to tell you, last time I bet on the 0-2, I won $7,000 on a parlay, and I golfed that morning. So whenever there's a London card, I'm golfing, I'm doing it. I did not make money on my parlays this week, though. I'm going to call you out for lying to your uh, fans. Last fight at the 0-2 was the Leon Edwards fight, if I remember correctly. Well, I, I was at the O2, right? Fight, but I bet the one where Pretty it was sure it was the last fight of the O2. Adam was, was here in your house, and you had, I think it was like a $50 bet. You were standing to win like well, $2,200. The, the <laughs> and I had like one. a $10 bet with Leon winning to win like 70 And I, I was selfishly. Did bet or fight London last time. Maybe. Well, I feel like he did, right? The, There's been three London cards in the past 14 months. Right, so, so the defense, I think, was. But last time I had a good hit, I golfed. Got picks. I was nine and three. I could have hit a nine fight part. You did a great job on this, but I just gotta say. But anyways, we're episode eight in. <laughs> Fuck this guy. <laughs> Boza TKOs were forty eight and thirty two in eight episodes. Were were a, a nice little sixteen above five hundred. You know what I'm saying? So not mad about that. We're gonna keep it going. So um, some good fights we did not break down in UFC London. <laughs> We had Hafel Filho with a round one submission via arm triangle, which is my favorite submission. And boy, was it clean for a flyweight over Daniel Barres. Did you catch this fight at all? I was on the phone with you when you were watching that fight. Daniel came out aggressive and pieced up Hafel early. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, we. But Hafel is a veteran. He had just basically shredded Muhammad Makayev's knee. Muhammad did not tap, and he ended up losing the fight. So this is a great rebound win for him. Round one submission. Beautiful performance by Hafel. That, uh, that was a prelim fight, right? It was the first, night, first yeah, fight, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anyone or heard anyone get that pumped up over an arm triangle oh, on I mean, an early I love prelim arm fight. So my my grappling style is Glover Teixeira, yeah. which means Glover's a it's a smash and pass. I'm trying to get on top of you, and even when I'm fighting the guys my same weight, right? There's guys in my yeah. gym that are bigger than me. Yeah. I'm getting on top of you, and I, I'm a wrestler. Some of these guys haven't wrestled. 
It's all about controlling your body weight to get as much pressure on them to pass to make them uncomfortable. Nope. And one of the best ways to transition once you get through guard and past half guard, maybe side control, is to, to get that get that arm up a little bit and just fucking sink that bad boy in and the guy's losing breath. That's exactly what Hafel Philio did last weekend. I'm trying my hardest in a fight not to get to the ground. I have no idea yeah, what to do. And I'm trying my hardest to get your ass to the ground. You wouldn't have any problem, uh, I don't think, getting <laughs> me to the ground. <laughs> uh, but great fight by uh, Hafel Philio. And then we had Johnny Parsons mm. with a round mm. two TKO over Danny Roberts' fight of the night. 50 Gs. That mullet was flowing, well baby. Deserved. Well deserved. Yeah, I mean, it was action-packed. Uh, first round, really back and forth. Johnny Parsons round two said, I am getting this fucking dub. And he went out and got it. Got the fight of the night bonus, and I'm sure that probably doubled his salary. So he's like, hell yeah, let's go. Uh, So great great early fights that we did not break down last week. But we're going to kick it off in the prelims. I knew this fight would go almost exactly how it went, and that's why Bows and TKOs was 9-3 last week, you know what I'm saying? But we had Ketlin Vieira with unanimous decision over Panny Kianzad. And this was Ketlin just really like, hey, Panny's a veteran. She's been there. She's ranked. I'm going to go in, and I'm going to take her ass down and not let her piece me up because she's got good striking. And that's exactly what happened. Did you catch this one at all? Uh, yeah, I caught all the fights up till about mm-hmm. noon. When the main card started, missed the first two, but saw the last three. Um, this fight was cool. To be honest, I was playing golf at the out. same time. Te- no, I was playing out. golf on, on the PlayStation, some 2K23, some PGA Tour. AKA um, tuned out. <laughs> No, I didn't do it's, that. It's, it's, I mean, it wasn't... It's the first fight of the day. For a casual, you know... It like I said, I was chilling. But, you know, it was a cool fight. But Ketlin does what she does, and that's why she's going to be right up next to another title shot. Uh, Ketlin did land 65 total strikes, only 15 significant, because a lot of them were on top, little body shots, things like that. She got three takedowns, three submission attempts, and Patty landed 92 total, so had higher volume, but a lot of that was from her from the ground as well. And she had 22 of those significant. So neither of them landed a ton of damage. And Penny in round three did get a reversal. She was on top. It was like, how crazy would that be if Ketlin was on top, controlled her for two rounds, she reverses her with a minute and finishes her? That would have been wild, but uh, didn't quite make it happen. No, it didn't happen. The next fight, though. We'll get the, there. We'll get it there. was sad. It was oh, I'm sad. sorry. I'm sorry. I thought we were moving um, on. No, not yet. Um, so Ketlin starts a new winning streak. She moves to three and two since the beginning of 2021. So hasn't been, you know, super active, but she's getting dubs. That's what it's all about. And Penny starts a new losing streak. She is two and two since 2021. She hasn't been super active as well, but this was a big time fight. A lot at stake for these women. Ketlin Vieira, unanimous decision to start the day with the dub. Now the sad fight you wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did get an L here. I actually. Oh really? I thought Brian. Yeah, I mean, he I, was plus three hundred underdog. I bet with my heart too on this one. I I like to watch Brian. He always he always has a great fight. He always throws some bangers. And this one, I think, in every facet of the fight, this is where I really started watching. I think I lost my golf game. Didn't didn't go Brian's way. Yeah, I mean, Mahmoud Muradov with the unanimous decision over Brian and. There wasn't a lot of bam, bam that we're mm-hmm. used to seeing. I thought he would be able to land some. He just couldn't get in range. Mahmoud was faster. He maybe had a little bit of a range advantage, just as the slightest bit. Every time Brian tried to come in with those loopy shots, it was like, poo, poo. He was getting pushed back. And that's really, I, I mean, he got knocked down a couple times, maybe once, but kind of twice. 
And and he almost got finished in round two, so. That's right, man. He was getting dominated the whole fight. It was hard to watch towards the third. He just couldn't figure him out. And uh, Mahmoud hasn't been active, as we talked about last week. But statistically, Brian did land 81 total strikes, 28 of those significant. So not a lot of big-time shots for him. He went 0-for-1 in takedowns. And Mahmoud landed 68 total strikes, 54 of those significant, with 13 takedowns and 16 attempts. There has been shown a way to victory for uh, against Brian is take him down, get on top of him. And that was clearly the game plan for Muradov coming back. And he also did have two knockdowns in the fight. So Muradov ends his two-fight losing streak. He starts a new winning streak. This is his first win since January of 2021, so over two years. Been, been a while. And he moves to 4-2 and two in the UFC, so nice little record there. And Brian, his first fight in the weight class down... He does extend his losing streak to three, so back to the bra- uh, drawing board for Bam Bam. And he is two and three since 2022. So what's next for these dudes? Well, I didn't even talk about that in the last fight. So Ketlin Vieira, what's next? I think I think uh, her squaring up with Myra Buena Silva would be great. Myra's calling for the title fought, shot. I don't think that'll happen. I think it'll be Pena Pennington. So give me Ketlin Myra. And for Panny, how about Yana Santos? Two people that have been fighting for quite a while. That would be a great matchup. And then for these, for these guys, I would love to see Muradov against Edmund Shabazian, who's kind of on a skid too, young fighter. Stylistically, it, it'll, it'll do great for fight fans. And for Brian, I mean, he dropped down. I'm sure the weight cut was hard. You take an L like that, it's like, do I want to stay in this weight class? Do I have an option? You know, maybe the UFC doesn't give it an option. But let's just assume he has to go to middleweight that, or stay at middleweight. That's what the UFC tells him. I would love to see him fight Albert Duraev, who's coming off a loss as well. Quality fight there. That would be a fun one to watch, man. That would be nonstop action. They'd be swinging like crazy. Yeah, Albert Duraev's last fight, those hooks. Both guys throwing hooks. <sighs> uh, but Albert can't wrestle, so he might just take him down like uh, Muradov did. Yeah, no, I think it'll be fine. I think... Uh... I think they both would want to do the man dance there. They both just men, you know? I think they'd want to go at it. Jace will, Jace will put 2K golf down for a minute for that fight. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I watched the next several. Okay. So here, uh, an amazing lightweight fight. I did get this fight right, but I it, it was tough to watch. We had Joel, Al, Joel Alvarez with a round two submission. Via Bravo choke, Dars choke. It might have been a little Darcy. They considered it a Bravo over Mark DeCasey. And the reason it was a little tough is there was an accidental headbutt right before Joel just pounced on him, got the yeah. choke in. But I thought Joel was winning the first round. I thought he was on his way to victory. And he was just using that length to his advantage. I don't know. I think people are taking it, like not giving Alvarez any credit. And I want to make sure Joel Alvarez gets the credit because this is a huge win over a very good Mark DeCasey. I mean, that choke is incredibly talented to pull off, headbutt or not. The headbutt accidental, for me, that's, that's in quotation marks. He was, uh, I think he was getting frustrated, I think, if you were listening to the commentary, that they mentioned that as well. Um, he was getting frustrated with the, with the defense when he was down on the fence, and uh, he kind of just threw the crown of his head into his chin. I think so, you're talking about the uh, that's, Andre Munoz fight. That's a different fight. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> wrong fight. This one, though, they did go throw southpaw, southpaw, the clash oh, heads. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And okay. then he went in and got the choke. But he was winning the fight before that, and I thought was on his way to winning. 
Yeah, well, that's tough to watch then, especially. Uh, I would assume this is almost as it's tough to watch tough as that It's just tough because the lightweight division, in my opinion, maybe we can get your opinion on this. I think <clears throat> top to bottom, like from rank 1 to 50, the best class in the UFC. Like, you look at these guys. These guys are ranked in, like, the 30s. These guys are good fucking fighters. The lightweight from 1 to 50 is really good. I think the bantamweight, 1 to 15, is the best. But when we talk full-on depth, the lightweight is the best. And... You can't afford losses at lightweight because you do you, you you're risking getting cut. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, do you have any thoughts on your favorite class or the deepest classes that you watch? Uh, when I first started getting into into MMA and uh, the UFC, it was lightweight for sure. Tons of killers. I mean, there's still a bunch of killers as we see coming up on this card. Um, <clears throat> this upcoming one this Saturday, but uh, right now, where's Brandon Moreno? Flyweight. Uh, That one's going to be fun to watch. There's a lot of good prospects coming up in flyweight. And it's funny to think that they almost cut flyweight before the Mm. the, uh, Divison uh, Moreno trilogy, I believe. Saga, I think, is four, There's four, but before the trilogy, they almost cut it after Henry Cejudo technically retired because he wasn't getting money. Um, And the new prospects coming up in that division are so Mm. fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And I really... Hope they don't do another Pantoja fight because Pantoja's two and zero on Brandon. Would I watch no. it? Absolutely. But there's so many good young guys, and the speed of them fighting is insane. It's like right. Dragon Ball Z. You know, they're like fucking. <laughs> they're all of a sudden they're over there. You're like, what the fuck just happened? Get so. them both to dye their hair blonde, and we'll have the we'll <laughs> yeah. have the trilogy and see if they can go Super Saiyan. Pretty much. But this was a great fight while it lasted. Joel landed sixty four total strikes, forty two of those significant. He did have the submission attempt. And was 0 for 1 in takedown attempts. And the knock on him has been he has a 0% takedown defense. 0% in his UFC career. And he has a lot of fights and a lot of wins. But this fight, Mark landed 29 total. So way less. Again, Joel was on his way. 20 of those significant. He had two takedowns and three attempts. So Joel Alvarez no longer has 0% takedown defense. Rid him from that BS. He can move on in his life. Finally leveling up. Leveling it's, up. Uh, long time coming there for, <laughs> for Joel. Well, Joel starts a new winning streak. He moves to 2-1 and one since the beginning of 2022. And Mark extends his losing streak to 2. He is 2-2 two and two since 2022. But again, that's so tough for Mark. He's trying to reinvigorate his game. Added grappling, added wrestling. We didn't get to see much of it in this fight. You take a loss to Joel, you're right back to the fucking mix of the... Because, you know, when you're in, like, rank 30 in a division like this, you're getting the next up-and-comers who are undefeated, trying to make a name, and you got to fight killers from there on out to get even back to the top 20, top 15. It's tough. Yeah, once you're established as, uh, for lack of a better term, a gatekeeper, uh, it's it's tough to... Uh, unless you win decidedly and with something really exciting that's going to make you money. is a good money. gatekeeper name, though. He's got the red hair, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I love Mark DeCasey, but, you know, in, in terms of joke. You're going to get canceled. No, that. I'm not. 100%. He, he could be a gatekeeper, though. You're a gingist. Um, but what's next for these guys? I'd love to see a showdown. Get this. Come on. you you got to know this guy. Joel Alvarez, who who is straight striker, and Michael Johnson, the veteran. Ooh, Come Michael on. Michael Johnson. That would be... That, no uh, one's canceling that-ish. No, nobody's canceling that. Well... UFC canceled a lot of no, fights. Come on, come on. You know Paul what I Acosta mean. Got canceled. It's because the UFC, that was never an official fight. What no. they try to do is they announce the fights before the fighters even sometimes know about it. Shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, but that's how they get the fighters to buy in. Like Aljamain Sterling, Sean O'Malley, Aljo still hasn't signed his bout agreement because the UFC is forcing them into that fight. 
Uh, yeah, he doesn't want to fight Sean O'Malley. No, it's, it's because matchup. the guy is one of the, in my opinion, maybe the best bantamweight champion of all time. And they're like, cool, in two months you got to fight this guy. Like, dude, I just talked about trying to recover my torn bicep. Like, he's he's you know one of the I most mean? underrated champions. Yeah, but point being is the UFC does a little extra shit. Um, but anyways, Joel, Michael Johnson, come on. That's a great fight. Yeah, a great I'm, fight. I'm tuning into that. That's not a prelim fight either. And for Mark, he could take on Christos Giagos, another guy trying to make his way back into the division. I'm tuning in. Either way, to Casey, gatekeeper or not, I'm tuning in. Joel Alvarez, no more 0%. Put some respect on Alvarez's name. And then this fight, another fight. Bozen TKO's got a dub on. We had Daniel Marcos with a split decision win over David Grant. But I will admittedly admit... I had Davey winning rounds one and two. It doesn't matter how good round three is. The way the UFC judging and scoring works, it's round by round. It's like if round one ended, they're like, cool, erase your memory, round two, new, new fight. Erase your memory, round three, new fight. Davey clearly won rounds one and round two. This is straight highway robbery. Jace, give us your thoughts. I We're was excited for these thoughts. super pumped up here. Uh, I texted you before this fight started, and I was like, Davey's going to win this one. I got a good feeling about it. No, you said, it. who's going to win? I said, Marcos. No, I said, Davey's going to win. You said, no. Oh. Yeah. Um, I was super pumped up after round one. I was <laughs> I was like a little uh, Hasbulla uh, over in my living room, just punching <laughs> punching around, getting throwing little kicks. Second round. I was jumping off my couch. I was doing backflips. I was super pumped. I was going to be able to tell you that I got your pick. Oh, you wanted to come here on here and talk some yes. smack. Yeah, I was ready I to go. I see I'm going to be able to next week. No, I'm going to be able to next week after we disclose our you picks. Might be, dude, I'm plus 18. I just told you. We out I'm, here. We out here doing the thing. I got beginner's luck still. Okay. But you're a casual. That's not a beginner. Eh. <laughs> it's my first time betting. Except, um, for, except for that Leon Edwards fight that I... But... The, Marcos is known from his contender series days coming in. He's just straight action all the time. And his coaches are probably like, hey, if you want to be good in the UFC bantamweight division, you can't just come out there swinging, bro. People will catch you. People will clip you. So, he, you know, he was calculated. He only threw certain shots. I thought the longer the fight would go, he would gas. He didn't because he controlled his energy. You know, if we're playing UFC, the video game, his stamina bar was still high enough, right? And uh, the problem is, is it wasn't enough that he came into round three down. He won round three barely even, but they gave the split decision to Marcos. And I think the reason being is that jab that Marcos landed bloodied up Davey's face. He ended up having a bloody nose, and they considered damage a big thing. They gave him way too much credit for that. Here we are. Bummer decision. But especially in front of the fucking UK crowd, man, the O2 wanting Davey to win. And they come and do that. It was definitely kind of a buzzkill for the arena pre the main card. Not a buzzkill for you. It was. I, I want the guys who win to win. I don't care about my picks, bro. Come on. It's just for the people, bro. I know what I'm talking about. It's credibility. It's you know, it's my resume, basically. It's, okay. <laughs> Listen uh, to this guy. He's doing it for you. Yeah, doing it for the people. <laughs> but I will say... The London crowd, definitely a buzzkill from the previous cards that were sold out, crazy energy. Until the main card, there was hella empty seats, bro. Maybe even in the main card. I would say until the Tom Aspinall fight, it looked like there was way too many empty seats. The crowd wasn't rowdy. They were doing stupid mm. shit. I just, it's a bummer. But when you, you know, a lot of the fighters talked about this. When you put three London <clears throat> cards at the O2 in less than a year and a half, it's an expensive ticket price, especially London prices, dude. 
That's way more expensive than Seattle, where I've lived before and is expensive, like L.A. Like, London's hella expensive, and you're trying to get these guys to pay for their hard-earned wage three times in a year and a half, and there's no title fights this card. Like, I understand where they're coming from, but I thought London was that kind of place, and they were talking about how good their fans were. A little depressing, but I'm not too surprised. Uh, London, I mean, every other card that's ever been at the O2 has been absolutely incredible. But that's why this was kind of a bummer, you know? Just looking at this card, you know? It's like, well, should be all right. No title fights. Right. But, so, I mean, then again, it's not a pay-per-view. The stats even break down Davey's case even better. Davey landed 70 total, all 70 significant. He was 0 for 1 in takedowns. But Daniel only landed 49 total, 48 of those significant with a takedown. So Davey definitely outvolumed him statistically. Definitely a bummer of a, of a deal there. So Daniel stays undefeated. He moves to 3-0 in the UFC. Davey starts a new losing streak, 3-3 since 2021. That's tough. I mean, like I said, the bantamweight division, brutal. The lightweight division, brutal. You go 3-3, it's a tough going. It's going to be tough for him to really, you know, depending on his UFC contract, stay in the UFC. He's desperate for wins now. Yeah, I would be desperate for wins also. Good context. (laughs) Oh, I got that. So what's next for these guys? I would love to see Davey Grant take on Cody Stamen, a guy that was in the top 15, grappling heavy, or a guy that should use a grappling heavy attack but tries to box uh, more than he probably should. Either way, it would be a fun stylistic matchup. Those guys are going to be boxing each other. A ton of fun for UFC fans. And for Daniel, let's put him up against another Contender Series alumni, the undefeated Javid Basharat. That would be bonkers i'd definitely be tuning in that'd be a banger i'd watch that one 100 and then entering the main card we had another local lerone murphy with a unanimous decision over josh kulabau and you know lerone did his thing he definitely won the fight he took control of all three rounds but he had moments where he could have went for the finish and at the start of the main card really got the crowd going he didn't quite do it you know he talked about uh, with Ariel Hawani on the MMA Hour, he was a little prescriptive. You know, you're under. You're, well, I guess he has a draw in his UFC record, but technically undefeated. You're, you're making a big move. You're trying to get into the top 15. You have to be a little bit calculated, so I don't blame him. Uh, but he looks good. He is so shredded for this division. I'm excited to see what the future holds for Leron. There were several undefeated fighters fighting on this card, and uh, well, how all of them, all but one, one, right? Okay. If I remember correctly, pretty sure. Uh, good night for the undefeated fighters. They uh, they showed why they're undefeated, and good for them for moving up in the standings. So statistically, Leron landed 87 total strikes, 59 of those significant. He had three takedowns and five attempts, not usually a strong suit. He got the takedown, so two submission attempts and a knockdown. Again, he had opportunities. He just didn't jump when he smelt blood in the water. Meanwhile, Josh, a very good fighter, landed 40 total strikes, 23 significant. He was 0 for 2 in takedown attempts. So Leron stays undefeated with the draw. He extends his winning streak to 5, which is harder than ever in the UFC. And Joshua extends his losing streak, to, or ends his 3-fight winning streak and starts a new losing streak. So a little taste of defeat for Josh. Now, here we go. This would be the matchup. Leron Murphy, Edson Barboza. Top 15 showdown. Come on. 
Tell not, me you ain't excited about you're that. You're not missing a fight with Edson Barboza, Dude, especially. You don't know how many more he's got. Savage. But he's still killing people. And an people. undefeated guy that's like, hey, you want to earn your top 15 people. blood? Yeah. Right here. Blood. blood. Yeah. And for there, Joshua. There'll be blood involved in that fight. A matchup with Julian Arosa. That's the fight to make for me. Either way, great fighters, great performance. And mm. stoked for their next showdown. Juicy J. Juicy J. That's a tough fight, man. I'm going for Juicy J in that one, 100%. <laughs> and then, um, this fight was funny because although they come from different backgrounds, ethnicities, they're the same size, the same reach, the same everything. Their fighting style is almost the same. But I try to tell y'all, Ferris Ziam, the smile killer, was going to get the job done. Unanimous decision over Jai Herbert. And this was just kickboxing. Again, I felt like a weird anime where it was a clone fighting the clone, same size. They were so dialed in because they know how powerful they are. They know each other's strengths are the same strengths. It was a total trip to watch, but Ferris is a little bit more active, landed that jab, and was able to get the job done. Yeah, I, uh, I went to go take care of my boss's chickens at this point in the card. Have you ever watched Ferris or Jai? I have not. Okay. Matter of fact, we'll check them out. Check them out. I'll I'll check them out. It seems like I missed a good fight there. Yeah, I like Ferris. Jai is good too, but he's a guy that's been around for a while. You know, I don't want to call people gatekeepers, but he's kind of in that middle pack. And and Ziam passed the test. Yeah, you know. So statistically, Ferris landed ninety six total strikes, sixty one of those significant, and a non wrestling grappling guy got one takedown in five attempts. And Jai landed 58 total strikes, 49 of those significant. And he was 0 for 6 at takedown attempts, which weren't takedown attempts. He tried to body Ferris on the um, octagon, which probably works for him in training because he's not fighting a 6-2 guy. But when you have another 6-2 guy up there and you're trying to clinch a guy down, there's so much energy and uh, things involved with footwork and just positioning hands, breaking the hands. He couldn't get the takedown, and he kept going for it round after round. Even the announcers were like, dude, what? Like, okay, you try it once, you try it twice, you try it three times. Like, why are we trying four, five, and six times? You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, it Shane, brutal. that's the definition of crazy. You know, trying the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Well, Jai was a little crazy in the home crowd. It did not work out for him. Ferris extends his winning streak to two. He is four and two in the UFC. Jai starts a new losing streak. He has one, two, and one since 2022. So he's been active, hasn't quite gone his way, especially the draw before that. It's got to be brutal. But Ziam again passes the test. And I think he's ready for a little bit higher rank. You know, Clay Guida's still around, you know, floating around the 20 spot. We got Vince Pichel. I think either of those matchups would be fantastic. And for Jai, give him Jordan Levitt, who's coming off a win. That makes sense. Let me do the matchmaker's job. We're ready to rock. Yeah, you cannot just keep picking fighters like Edson Barbosa and Clay Guida and expect people to be like, yeah, I wouldn't watch that. Like, you're a terrible matchmaker. No, I'm a great Those are safe They're choices. available. They're safe Clay choices. Clay hasn't fought for a while. Clay would love to fight a younger dude that's not proven to end his career, right? Psh, fucking brilliance. And then let's talk about the pair Jew, Paul Craig. Yeah. Golly, I'm happy I got this fight wrong. I love me some Paul Craig. Moves down, doesn't give a shit. Guy's almost 40 years old and gets a second round TKO over a mm. very, very good Andre Mooney's performance of the night. And this is the headbutt that you were talking about. What a great uh, hair transplant job that 
Paul Craig. With his balls. The bear Jew God. Did you see that before the fight? Even who was it who said something? Someone said something about it. And I'm like, come on, man. Why do you have to? Like, we all see it. You don't have to fucking say anything. But, man, the confidence showed in that fight. To be able to grapple, I believe Andre is a second or third degree. We talked about it last week. Can't remember the top of my head. Very, very good BJJ guy. To go in there, willing to do the BJJ, willing to take the fight. Yeah. Ends up on top. Gets the job done. Paul Craig, and then he calls for Bo Nickel. Golly. Whoa, that guy's psychotic. What's the next? He's going to beat Bo, hopefully. No, I mean, no uh, way. Hey, listen. No way. Bo's got a lot of hype. I love the guy. Well, this is what I love Fun about Paul. Paul says, Bo takes me down. Guess what? I'm tapping his ass out. So. That's true. I mean, he will, but he somehow beats Bo. He's going to be another 40-year-old champion. Hamzat beats whoever he's coming up against, uh, Paolo. Hamzat moved out of this class. Oh, no. That's right. He did go up. That's why he's fighting that monster, Paolo. All right, well, maybe he'll move back down because Hamzat's crazy. No, Could you imagine the Bear Jew versus the Chechen Wolf? I'm just down for Bear Jew versus anyone. What a fight, though. Paul Craig versus Hamzat. See, I'm a great matchmaker, too. You put two killers in the ring together, nobody's going to disagree with you. Hamzat destroys him. Have you ever seen, uh, what's the movie? Inglorious Bastards? (laughs) Inglorious Bastards? I watched it once. Paul Craig was in it. Really? The Bear Jew. Oh. Or something, you know? I, I mean, think I knew that. I probably knew that, but... I mean, he's not actually in it. Oh. It's just there's a bear Jew. There's a Jewish bear. That resonated with me. Jeez, uh, but your horizons. Paul landed 54 total strikes, 40 of those significant. He had two takedowns and a submission yeah. attempt. Andre only had 31 total strikes, 24 of those significant, with two takedowns. And round one, he came in, got the takedowns. He was looking good. I was like, cool, Andre's on his way. This was my parlay buster, mm-hmm. sadly. But I was happy about it because I love me some Paul Craig. And the willingness to grapple, to end up on top of a guy like that, after all that, he tired Andre out. I was worried about the energy of Paul Craig moving down. I did not think he would have the gas. He had the gas and lit that shit up. The fact that one of the ones, Paul Craig, the Jew from my tribe, busted your parlay. Did it happen? Well, I mean, I gotta get, I gotta pick up wins. He's, you know, a, real, here. he's a real supporter, you know. I support you. I just, I gotta pick up wins here and there for me. Well, Paul, why are you so selfish? <laughs> Paul ends his two-fight losing streak. He starts a new winning streak. Welcome to the new weight class. He is three and two since 2021. Which, golly, man, to be that active, fighting guys like this, almost 40 years old. Golf claps around, man. Bravo, Paul Craig. I'll watch his next fight. He enters the middleweight rankings at number 14. He was nine at light heavyweight. He in the damn thing. He's edging on a co-main event here pretty soon. I think probably his next fight might be the co-main. Matchmaker right here. Just Uh, putting that out there. (laughs) Andre extends his losing streak to two. He is three and one since 2022. So I'll give you a little matchmaker. I'm saying... Give me Andre versus Bruno Silver, Silva or Jun Young Park, who just had an impressive win. Uh, I think those would be great matchups because a lot of the division is booked up right now. And for Paul, I'm saying let's move him up. Give him Jack Hermanson, a guy that hasn't been yes. super active, another veteran. I think stylistically a brilliant fight. This is exactly my point. That's definitely a co-main event. Right there. Let's make it happen. And co-main event it's also, fight night. It's a pay-per-view. That's a pay-per-view, pay-per-view co-main? Pay-per-view co-main. Co- pay-per-view co-main. Dude, they're spending all their good fighters on Saturday. You heard it here. Let's see what happens. And then my pick for fight of the night, I thought should have been fight of the night, to be honest with you. This was an amazing fight. We had Nathaniel Wood with the unanimous decision over Andre Feely. 
and golly, did these yeah. boys get after it. To start the fight, could you imagine, you know, Nathaniel Wood doesn't cut much weight. He's moved up to, to featherweight. Feely's a veteran. He's been there. He's done that. He trains with amazing dudes. Ten seconds in, boom, stiff jab sits on your ass. They interviewed him after the fight. Oh, they were talking about the jab. He's like, honestly, I don't even remember, to be honest. He's like, I thought I slipped. Like, he was so out of it from the jab. And ten seconds in, then he comes in. Dominates with leg yep. kicks, dominates yep. the fight, gets his own knockdown. Then Andre gets mm-hmm. another big shot. It was back and forth. Three rounds. I was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And I was calling for a fight of the night. The, yeah. the shame that they did not get fight of the night. Disrespectful, but tough loss for Andre after all he's been through. But the prospect, Nathaniel Wood, is on the rise. Dana can't give $150,000 on a fight night. Two, one word for this fight, volume. It was an incredible fight. A lot of striking, a lot of intense, intense striking for, for, uh, for him to take that jab right off the bat, and then to come back with the volume that he came back with, and and for it to be such a good fight all the way through. Yeah, it it was definitely in contention for fight of the night. And I've seen Dana do you know two or three or four fights of the night or well, I liked performance that better of the night. Than Johnny Parsons fight, so I thought it was deserving over that one. Three rounds of craziness like that. Come on, when you've the got fact a, that these guys made it through those rounds after all those shots, crazy. When you've got an eighty. Great fight. When you've got a card that's 80% decisions, and knockout's going to get, get the... That's a, good, that's a good call. Yeah. So statistically, Nathan landed 108 total strikes, 84 of those significant, even got a takedown in two attempts. Great percentage. Uh, and the knockdown. And Andre landed 76 total strikes, 58 of those significant, had the reversal, a knockdown, and was 0 for 2 in his own takedown attempts. And he even had some good leg kicks of his own against the guy who who lives off leg kicks. So again, awesome fight. That's why I th- you know these guys are like around the twenty spot in the lightweight division, or unless it's featherweight, I guess. So never mind that. But either way, the fucking brilliant fight, great matchmaking. Love to see it. The prospect extends his winning streak to three. All since twenty twenty two, he's hot. He's on a roll. Andre starts a new losing streak. And he goes to 2-4-1 and one since 2020. Tough for him. He fights. He's a gamer. The UFC should keep him around. I'm excited for his next fight. I would love to see Andre Feely against David Onama. Golly, that would be a f- lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And Bows and TKOs on Instagram, Twitter, at Bows and TKOs. We did a little matchmaker Monday. We said Nathaniel Wood. It's going to be box office with Alex Bruce Leroy Caceres, who's in the top 15. Could you imagine that matchup? Bruce Leroy is always, always a treat. Plus the prospect. Come on, let's make that happen. Matchmakers, you know what to do. Moving on, we had Julia Stolyarenko with a round one submission via armbar over Molly McCann. Molly was like minus 200. Uh, Julia was like plus 300. But she's a black belt. And we've seen that Molly struggles with grappling. But come on. She gets put in an armbar and rolls herself into the armbar. It's like she literally hasn't even taken a jiu-jitsu class or has tried grappling. For me, she's just a... The reason the UFC loves her and the UK loves her is she literally goes red like a bull comes out there and fucking just throws bombs. And sometimes she connects. Which in the women's UFC, if you're getting KOs and getting finishes, that's, that's huge. But you got to be able to practice grappling at some point. This lady's a black belt, and she made it look easy. Great win for Julian. No, no discredit to her. But Molly's got to go back to the drawing board, and that's probably why she's moving to straw weight. Yeah, Julia looked absolutely dominant in that fight. Wasn't even close. 
standing up on the ground. Obviously, Molly just kind of gave up, rolled into that arm bar, like you said. Um, Molly's tough. She's like a, she's like a female Clay Guida, but not nearly as good. She just the the way she approaches the fight. No, I know, I know. As I was saying, Carpenter, but no, no, no. Just the way she runs in right away. It reminds me of the way you know he just engages people and. He's just uh, so fucking. But he he also you know he does it well. He wins fights. He he's been winning fights since Nam. So it's just it's been it's. I like Molly too, man. Some of those, some of those, I felt bad some of those knockouts that she's she put up on the board. The ground, it was over. Some of those knockouts she's put on the board and those highlights that she's given That's us a, she's a, a, USC, as a right? women fighter, as a woman fighter, is uh, just fucking savage, dude. Savage. Well, I don't think uh, I've ever. It's one of the hardest women knockouts I've ever, I've ever seen. The, you know what's savage? The spinning back elbow. Is knowing that, that girl when you're was in a out position with pulled. an arm bar, the one thing you can't do, you do. Roll away from it. She rolled right into it, bro. Uh, she's a professional I, a ca- fighter. Yeah, and I'm a casual. And you knew she rolled into it. I knew the right answer. Yeah, that's... that's, that's I listened to Danielle Cormier. Danielle. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> this guy. It was about to happen, man. fucking happy dad, huh? <laughs> Well, Julia starts a new winning streak. She is 2-2 two two since Sorry, 2022. Man. Biggest name on her record, probably. And Molly extends her losing streak to two. She is also two and two since 2022. So give me Julia Montana De La Rosa. And if Molly is in fact still in the UFC and she does go to straw weight, how about Corey McKenna? Either way, really big win for Julia. Montana De La Rosa. And that's then, a tough fight for Julia. That is tough. That's a, a great tough one. fight for Julia. They haven't fought, so let's make it happen. Yeah, I'm down the to women, watch fight. And the women's UFC, it's like a lack of opponents, you know? It's like, once you're in the ranks, it's like, okay, who yeah, am I I mean, that's, that'll be short-lived. It'll be done soon with the lack of women opponents. There are so many, so many women out. coming in. And then, this Tommy. Fight. Tommy Espinal. Yeah. Round one, TKO over Marcin Tibera. Performance of the All night. American. Jeez. All American. He came back, and he came back good. I've been watching his YouTube, and I was like, this man is about to do something. But I, I want all of you casuals to know, Marcin Tibera is a fucking problem. What Tom Aspinall just did isn't a joke. I mean, this guy is unreal. Marcin Tibera, yes, he's 37. He's on this, you know, latter half of his days. He's beat Blagoy Ivanov. He beat Alexander Romanov. He beat Greg Hardy. beat Walt Harris. beat Ben Rothwell. Beat Sergey Spivak. He has fought some of the best of the best. Beat Andre fucking Arlovsky, man. I mean, this guy is a stud. He's good everywhere. And Tommy just came looser than ever. Bam, bam, bam. Got the job done. I was so impressed, Mm, man. Incredible. Incredible performance. And I've been high on Tommy. The problem is this UFC heavyweight division's got some young studs. We got Jaelton Almeida, Tom Aspinall. We got uh, Cyril Gaon. And Sergey Pavlovich, those killers at the top are unlike any fighter we've ever seen at heavyweight. The days of clang and bang are gone. We got guys like Tommy Aspinall loose with it, and he's a big boy. Yeah, man, I'd love to see him. Trying not to take your pick. You know, I'd love to see uh, Spavik versus Aspinall again at this point in their careers. So Tom, after the fight, said, I'm going to front row UFC Paris. I'm watching Cyril Gaon against um, Spivak. And I, I want the Spivak. winner. But that, to me, was the wrong call. 
the the number one guy, Sergey Pavlovich, sitting out there, but nobody wants some of that Sergey Pavlovich. Man. I wouldn't fight him. But that's the fight if you ask me. And there's not a lot of talked about statistically here. Tom did work. 13 total, 13 significant. Got that knockdown, got the TKO finish. The crowd went nuts. And for Marcin, he only landed four total and significant strikes. But again, to do that against a quality opponent, a year removed from ACL injury, I think it was multiple ligaments actually. Bravo, Tommy Aspinall. So Tom starts a new winning streak. He is 4-1 and one since 2021. He moves up one spot in the rankings to number four. And Marcin has his two-fight winning streak come to an end. He starts a lo- new losing streak and moves down one spot to number 11. And Matchmaker Monday was added again. Again, I think it's the only fight to make. Give me Tom Aspinall. Give me Sergey Pavlovich. Title eliminator fight. Sorry, Cyril. Sorry, Spivak. And for Marcin, how about Chris Dacus? Another heavyweight Ooh. showdown. Thoughts on those fights? Love Chris Dacus, man. He's fun to watch. What's his brother's name? He's also Kyle in the Dacus. UFC. Kyle Dacus. They're always fun to watch. Throwing bombs. But Tom dude. and Sergey, bro, come on. That's like some it's gladiator shit. Sir- those are yeah, big yeah. dudes. I mean, this, this, that's as close as you're going to get to a lion and a guy with a shield and a sword. Yeah, pretty much. 100%. Um, there's a reason John Jones is fighting one more time and he's bouncing. And I think a lot of it has to do with Tommy Aspinall and Sergey Pavlovich. Pavlovich, Aspinall, problems. Problems. Dogs. Future. The future is here. Future. Talk about future. Me and this guy taking my Dodge Ram to oh, Salt Lake City. 12-hour drive to fucking Salt Lake City hours. for UFC It'll 291. Hours. 11 hours plus an hour we're losing. Can I stop to fish? Can I stop to fish? So early prelims, 3.30 on ESPN Plus and UFC Fight Pass. We're going to be there for the early prelims, Jace. I am going to try to get there for the Miranda Maverick fight. I think that's the first fight of the night. Should be a good fight. <laughs> It'll be fun, man. We'll get there. Jason we'll get has there. Second no fight. Conviction there. He has no idea what's Second going on. Well, no, I'll I, run the show. I, no, I did we say. Got a podcast. Be honest. I did say I wanted to make it for the whole fight. It's my first ever yeah. UFC event. Very excited. Thanks. Thank first you, UFC event. The and best card of the year. Are we going to get potentially. you back next week to break down this card or what? Yeah, man. If uh, He's yeah, committed. we'll do it. He's we'll do it. In. Yeah, we'll do it. It's I said a whole yes. We'll hour do it. from Prescott. You know, it's a tough day. Tower. 30 minutes. Um, and then in the to prelims, here. we got on Phoenix. ABC. Wow. We might be on ABC. History. No. It's no, we ABC should make one of the signs where ABC <laughs> spells something out. ESPN ABC at 5 p.m. And then you already know the paper ESPN ABC. We got a lot of letters happening. to use. What? We got a lot of letters to use well, on our sign. Use ABC. But ESPN's doing ESPN. it too? Yeah. You could do it on anything. What ESPN if we made something ESPN out of all ABC. seven letters? That's a lot of thoughts. Dude. It's a lot of thought, Did you but graduate college? Can we get a degree in there? Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, is this live? No, I went to college multiple times, you like can four say different schools. You want, bro. Oh wow! We got freedom of speech, baby. Fuck. <laughs> so some fights we will not break down, but some good fights. If you're just a casual, you're like, hey, should I ch- tune into these? Tune into these. We got Matthew Semelberger, yes, that's my Rose pick. Medic. I think that fight is going to be stylistically a great matchup. And I love when there's great matchups early in the in the card because mm-hmm. these guys want fifty thousand dollar bonuses. They see these guys throw down, they're like, "Damn, I'm going to have to show out." And guess what? Everyone knows Poirier Gaethje's probably taking fight of the night. So you only got so many bonuses left. You know what I'm saying? It's a pay per view. Dana's going to be generous. He's going to make a lot of money this weekend. Um, they're going to have to put on a show, man. Uh, Semmelsberger. 
He's a he's a really aggressive fighter. If he comes out fast and he pressures you, Rose, he's gonna win the fight. That's gonna be a banger. We got a banger. It's gonna going be a banger. On. We're gonna start it off like I said. If we can maybe make the Miranda fight, maybe not. I'm gonna make this fight no matter what. And I was pretty bummed about um, my guy Miguel Beza pulling or mm. getting hurt and pulling out of the fight. But we get Jake Matthews, Darius Flowers, Darius Flowers UFC debut. He's gonna be game. They're always gonna come out. That should be a great fight. Another amazing stylistic matchup. We got Roman Kopolov and Claudio Ribeiro. Mm. Don't blink in that fight. That's all I can say. And then Miranda Maverick, Priscilla Coera, early in the card, the first fight of the night. Miranda Maverick subbing in for JoJo Calderwood, which I'm super bummed. I want to see JoJo. I love JoJo. Yeah, I'd love got, to see you know, her fight. See a veteran OG who's I done know. everything for women's MMA. Yeah. But Miranda's coming in with some bad taste in her mouth. It's going to be a big fight, so check into those fights. But we're going to kick it off with my guy in the early prelims. We got yes. Venetius, yes. Phenomenal, Salvador, 27-year-old fighter with a 14-5 record, taking on CJ Vergara, 32 years old with an 11-4-1 record. And whoo-wee, I cannot wait for this fight, Jace. This is the prelim that I'm second most excited about. Um, this is, I believe, an underdog, Salvador. Yep. Uh, short, small underdog. I was surprised you knew who he was. I was like, Jason, I don't know who Venetius is. No, come on. Phenomeno? I'm pretty sure that means <laughs> phenomenal in Spanish or maybe Portuguese or something like that if he's Brazilian. He's Brazilian, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be Portuguese. Uh, CJ Vergara, fast, tight punches. Um, good little grappling for a flyweight. Good little grappling for a flyweight. I agree with you. However, uh... If Salvador can come in and, and land one of you those, can't prep for Salvador, bro. No, Salvador's. You don't get a guy like hey, Sa- Salvador. Like Salvador punches from the bottom and from the outside. Way little hands. Yes, <laughs> yes. If That's he catches you, you're done. This is my one of three underdogs I'm calling for the night here to to get a win. Well, Venetius was supposed to fight the other week, so he has cut weight recently. He's gone through basically back-to-back fight camps, which definitely is brutal. He's 27, though. I remember 27. I was undefeated. You know, I'm fucking the... I'm fucking... Remember 27? I defeated you at No, but remember 27, man? Like, we were invincible in those days. Two fight camps. Oh, no, no. I was depressed at 27. That was not a good time in life. life, Brother, we're good now. The the phenomenal, man, I'm (laughs) telling you... He's gone through some shit, and that could play, that could you know cost him a little bit in this fight. But I'm excited for this fight. CJ's also looking to get some momentum going. This is a big moment for him. You can't let the young blood come up and take you down. So there is a ton on the line. It's going to happen. Underdog's taking it. Well, we'll get there in a second. Listen. We're going to break it down real quick. Okay, break so it down. So Venetius, he's on a one-fight losing streak. He is a Contender Series alum. He is 1-1 one one in the UFC, so he won the Contender Series fight. He lost his UFC debut. But Shane Gillette here at Bose and TKOs, we consider Contender Series fights, UFC fights, as are high quality. What's your thoughts on that? Do you think I should do that? I don't watch Ryzen or... No, I'm talking about Contender Series. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I watch. win that, this I is my p- UFC one. Let me make my point. Oh, sorry. I don't watch Ryzen. I don't watch Strike Force. I don't watch Bellator. I watch Contender Series. They're real fights. Casuals watch DWCS. Well, uh, he is a Jungle Fight alum as well. That promotion's wild. You always get some crazy guys from there. 13 of his 14 wins are via knockout. Again, this guy's a sniper, and he has a two and a half inch reach advantage. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, CJ's got a Muay Thai mm-hmm. style. He's an orthodox fighter. 
He is also a Contender Series alum. He's also been an LFA, RFA, Legacy FC. He's been around. Seven of his 11 wins are via knockout. He definitely has power in his hands as well. He is on a one-fight winning streak, and he is 3-2 and two in the UFC. So Jason already talked about picking Salvador. I am as well. But CJ is a quality test for this guy. It's 27 years old, his third UFC fight. This is, you know, that's, in my opinion, how highly the UFC thinks of this guy. He trains with Amanda Rebos, his dad and team. I think it's going to be insane volume. Being live, dude, this being that early, I want to have the juices flowing. I'll tell you that much, man. I am excited to see the prelims get started off right. I think Salvador is going to use his length. I think he's going to have that advantage with the volume. I would not be surprised if CJ looks to go to wrestling, but we'll, it'll be interesting to see how that shows down. Any other last thoughts? My juices will definitely be flowing by then after having watched five or six fights, um, as you can tell. Uh, I think it's second round. Well, I mean, it at the night, our, it's we're going to be there for the early prelims. It's going to be prelims. Well, we're going to the early, early prelims. It's just going <laughs> to it's going to take a long time. I'm going to have. I mean, I it's been what, maybe an hour. I've had. It's fine. Listen, we're spending money on beers, but second round TKO or KO Salvador. Well, I'm taking Venetius. I'm taking the underdog. The underdog's coming yep. to eat. Number <laughs> one underdog. I'm marking him on that parlay. We marking that yes. ish down. Number and we one pick that of my bread. three leg parlay. I've got it for you, but We're I'm not going to tell it to you. I'm going to make a parlay for the fans tonight. So I'm making ready. two parlays. I'm doing an underdog parlay, and I'm making a fan parlay. Well, the dogs are eating, and he's coming. The dogs are eating. There's several dogs eating tonight. Hey, let's. And then we're going to kick it off in the prelims. I was so fired up to see this guy on the card. I have not seen him in person yet. We get Derek, the Black Beast Lewis, 38 years old with a 26 and 11 record, and the number 11 next to his name, taking on Marcos Pizau Rogerio de Lima, the 38 year old fighter with a 21 9 and 1 record. What a fun heavyweight showdown we have here. Both men looking to finish their careers strong, trending in different directions a little bit. But a big, major legacy fight we got here, Jace. Man, I almost just took my pants off because <laughs> he has a legendary uh, post-fight interview where he took his pants my off. My balls is hot. My balls is that hot. That was the Conor McGregor-Khabib fight card, by the way, which was insane. Incredible card. That's probably why I remember it. Um, wow. My second underdog victory. Derek Lewis is going to come through today. And it's going to... Er, Saturday, it's going to be a tough one for Derek Lewis. He's coming from very, very low elevation to a relatively high elevation. He's probably not showing up to Salt Lake until Saturday morning. Um, after the weigh-in, he'll probably miss the weigh-in. He'll send <laughs> it in. <laughs> but um, he's been on a little bit of a skid, and by a little bit, I mean the only one who's been on more of a skid is fighting later in the night. Uh, but Derek Lewis is dangerous. There's not a single moment in Derek Lewis's career where he's not been dangerous. You look at, uh, you look at Delima's last five fights. He, I think he's won them all. I'm pretty sure he's won them all. Um, he's finished, I think, four of the five: two by knockout and two by submission. I don't think that's true, but it could be. I'll look it up as you're talking, but and I'll correct myself if I'm wrong. But all I know is that Delima has I think he's been a three fight winner. Delima has been very dominant over his last five fights. If it's he's not a, all he's five, a big boy, man. if it's not all five, it's four of the five. Um, he is very good all around Brazilian, um, big Brazilian guy. 
Derek Lewis, though, man, he's been going through a skid, and he's always dangerous. I think he finds a looping right hook or uppercut in the first round. Um, and as soon as they open up the line for a first round, yeah, as soon as they open up the first round TK, TK OKO line, I'm buying it. The line for Derek Lewis, if I'm not wrong, is around 155 plus 155 right now. Um, I would assume as soon as they open that up, it'll be at least 170, uh, maybe 200. So I'm going to take that in a single bet. And he's also going to be part of what I'll tell you about later. But yeah, that's my second underdog pick. Derek has a purple belt in BJJ. He is a legacy FC alum Dangerous. and former champion. He is an RFA and Bellator yeah. alum. Credentialed. He's on a three-fight losing streak and has not won since December of 2021. He is tied with Matt Brown, which is recent, for the most knockouts in UFC history with 13 of them things. The most knockouts in heavyweight history, 13. The second most UFC heavyweight wins was 17. And he had the uh, 2000, um, I think it was 18 comeback of the year against Alexander Volkov. He does have a four-inch reach advantage. 21 of his 26 wins are via knockout, and seven of his 11 losses are via knockout to knock out or to be knocked out. And Marcos, he trains with some dogs out of ATT. He's got a black belt in BJJ. He's on a two-fight winning streak. He is a Strike Force alum. 14 of his 21 wins are via knockout, and five of his eight losses are via submission. Personally, I think if this is going to stay a striking battle, this is going to be an amazing fight. I can see Marcos going for the takedown early and often to avoid the power of the Black Beast, but I am taking Marcos. Jace is taking the Black Beast. Do with that what you will. Um, I will not put this on a parlay if possible, though. I do think there is an opportunity for Derek Lewis. It seems like he's getting in a little bit of shape of late. There's so much on the line for him. But Marcos is a dog. Not a lot of people know about him. But he's going to keep that winning path in my book. Yeah, look, uh, the last five fights, uh, DeLima has won four of the five. The only person he lost to was uh, Ivanov. He beat Andre Arlovsky in, in his uh, second-to-last fight. Um, by no means is he not a killer. Uh, however, man, Derek Lewis lost four of his last five, uh, but they're all monsters. The, his four losses out of his last five are Cyril Gaon, Taitu Ivasa, Sergei Pavlovich, and Sergei Spivov. I mean, Derek Lewis beats... Derek Lewis beats the four that that uh, Delima beat all day. We're about to find out, Knocks my man. them all out. We're betting a shot and on so that one. I'm betting a shot on I'll it? I'll bet a shot on Jace that one. Jace is already we'll two come. shots deep. <laughs> ah, that's true. And he is not paid up, this man. Someone call the cops. This guy owes me two motherfucking shots. Can we get a chug right now? You said one of them? Grab some Howler head. A, a live chug? Howler head, I'll no, do a, a chug shot. of your happy dad. Yeah, of course. Give me a fat chug. This is a shot right here, right here. Live on. Do you you have gotta a... pop that shit so loud, huh? Just go for it. Do you have a thing that you can put up on the screen no. with like a minute? We're just going to judge you by this chug. Let's see what your chug is. Don't be a pussy. I don't know if you can say that on I live TV. I what I fucking want. Okay. He owes Andrew me one shot. He's going to owe another one. Pressure. I mean, These weak arms are heavy. All right, all right, all right. Now we're going to talk about the prelim headliner. And you want to talk about matchups. Golly, Dana White said, if you don't know, now, now you know. know. 
We got Gabriel Maritinha Bonfim. Only 25 wow. years old, but undefeated with a 14-0 record, taking on Trevin Giles, 30 years old, entering his prime at 16-4. And, and again, this is a prelim headliner for a reason. Stylistically, shit's about to go down. I think Trevin has a lot more experience, but Gabriel is on a roll with first round after first round finish. I think he looks to keep the streak going, and I can't wait to see this go down in the Delta Center, Salt Lake City, live. 14 fights, 14 wins. That's incredible. Most of them are finishes. Um, this is a no-brainer. This is part of my massive parlay. Maybe oh, a no-brainer. Six. Huh? To, oh yeah, Bonfim by by a long shot. This is part of the eight or nine leg parlay that's happening on this card. This guy does twelve leg parlays <laughs> for five bucks. Why not? Uh, breaking it down, Gabriel. He's undefeated. Fourteen fight winning streak. Two and zero oh in the UFC. Another one. 11 of his 14 wins are via submission, and he is an LFA alum. Great promotion to come up from. Trevin, he's got a brown belt in BJJ. He's also on a two-fight winning streak. He is an LFA, RFA, and Legacy FC alum, and six of his 16 wins are via knockout. Just because I got a little banter with Jace here, Trevin Giles, man, uh, I don't think there's anything such thing as a, a for sure in a Trevin Giles Athlete. fight. Athlete. Let's look at his recent fights. This guy has defeated Preston Parsons. Yeah, I don't even know who that is. Luis Kosk. He, he fought Michael Morales, Dricus Duplessis. Lost to lost, the real African. Beat Roman DeLidze. Beat Jer- James Krause. Lost to Gerald Mearshart, Zach Cummings. I mean, Ryan Spann in the LFA days. Ike Villanueva. Brendan Allen way back in Legacy FC. I mean, this guy has fought a lot of names that Gabriel was probably sucking on a nipple still at the time. You know, not, not, not <laughs> yeah, literally. a couple killers, man. You know but... what I mean? Like, there's nothing as guaranteed when you're taking on Trevin Giles, man. Put some he, respect on that name. Listen, he's an athlete. He's no Kamaru. Um, he's an athlete, man. Everybody likes to watch a Trevin Giles fight. He's getting old. He's aging. He's um, 30. He's in his prime. I'm 31, dude. <laughs> and I every time I get out of bed, but every in the morning. UFC, the prime is like... T- 30 to 34 listen, because listen just real quick it takes so much for those guys to get to the ufc by the time they're even in the ufc they're just still learning you know what i mean so yeah well i'm 30 i get out of bed she kind of hurts a little well, i'm 31 and i'm fired up so Trevin, <laughs> he's just now entering his prime he's finding a groove he's not old fired up because he, he's in the cold plunge every day some stiff absolutely Mm. Level up, levels to this game, you know. Levels, uh, man. But he's fought stiff competition as we just break, broke down. Just gotta believe Again, you can, and you're the halfway undefeated there. Undefeated Bond, absolutely. He's looking to get back on track, right to where he belongs. So this is so much at stake for yeah. Trevin. I don't believe that's going to be the case, though. I am also taking the undefeated yeah. Gabriel. I am putting him on that parlay. Yeah. We marking that ish down, and we getting that bread. Bond theme is too focused, too powerful. And too determined. Thanks, my dude. You got it. Heading into the main card. I know Jace has some thoughts on this one. We got Kevin the Trailblazer. Oh, no, my heart. 30 years old with a 24-9 and record taking on Michael Maverick Chiesa. (laughs) The 35-year-old fighter with an 18-6 and record and the number 12 next to his name. 
And so I've seen God. this will be my fourth live UFC event. This one hurts. There's just a clash of styles going on in the main card. I don't want to say this. This on is live a TV. major matchup for Big Mouth, though. I just the problem for me with Michael is he's spent more time in the analyst booth than he has in the UFC octagon of late. He has not fought since he lost to Sean Brady and really did not look good in that fight back in November of 2021. So the question for me, I do think Chies has been training, but how quality of a fighter has he been training when he even gave the credit? We were watching RC and DC before the uh, tough uh, episode today. Mm-hmm. He gave credit to yep. Big Mouth of potentially being the next what a BMF. Stunt. He's down for whatever, yeah. whenever. As active as... Big Mouth has been, is Chiesa going to be ready? This situation's been that no one really wants to fight Chiesa, though. So I think a lot of the reasons he hasn't fought is no one really, you know, he's, he's ranked number 12, so he's not way up in the top 10. He's dangerous. He can grapple. So it's like, do I want to fight Michael? Well, Kevin said, bring it on. Let's make it happen. What's your thoughts, Chase? Kevin doesn't say no to a fight. Um, that's been addressed through several mediums. Um this one sucks for me, dude. I have a real tough time betting with my heart and not my head. I'm a huge fan of, uh, some people call him Trailblazer, but his friends, they call him Big Mouth, and Big Mouth is just such a fun guy to watch. He's fun to listen to in the octagon. I love the fact that he talks to his opponents and, and creates a show, uh, for the fans. He, uh, I played baseball for a long time. I'm the loudest one on the field. Uh, I get it. It's a risk you take. A lot of people don't like that, but uh, it's, you know, he's just having a good time. He loves what he does. So I like him. I identify with him. And, and he's he's a badass. He never says no to a fight. He watches people get robbed on the street and stops it multiple times. Um, this guy is a man. Uh, you would want him to be the head of your HOA. <laughs> I mean, fuck. Um, <laughs> I need some good insurance for my HOA because... I don't know. He might like misinterpret well, a he, not robbery and fuck someone up. You know. Well, he'll protect your neighborhood. And he these will. Guys, he'll protect the shit out of our these neighborhood. These guys have accolades for days. So as we break down Kevin, he's got a kung fu and kickboxing background. He's got a second de- degree black belt in kung fu, a black belt in BJJ. Three of his last five fights have been fight of the night or performance of the night. When he shows up, he shows out. He is tied for the most wins in a calendar year in UFC history That's with right. five. Also the most Great wins year. in a calendar year for the middleweight division yes. with five. And this is the craziest one. The most bouts in a 12-month period with seven. Bad-ass fighter. He was the 2020 Fighter of the Year, Breakout Fighter of the Year. He's a Contender Series, Bellator, LFA, and King of the Cage alum. He's on a one-fight winning streak. He is 3-2 and two since 2022. 14 of his 24 wins are via knockout, and he's got range. He's got a five and a half yeah. inch reach advantage Freak reach. and a three inch reach advantage in this fight. Meanwhile, Michael trains out of Sik Jitsu in Spokane. He talked about doing uh, some fighting in Syndicate for this camp. He has a brown belt in BJJ. He's an Ultimate Fighter alum and champion. That's when I was uh, well known of who Michael Chiesa is. He's on a two-fight losing streak. Again, has not won since January of 2021. 11 of his 18 wins are via submission, and four of his six losses are also via submission. So I'm pretty sure everyone, even Kevin, knows what the game plan is going to be for Michael. 
I think yeah. the question here is how hard does Michael look to get the takedown? Is it like blast double after double after double? Or does he stand and strike let loose and see if he can put on a striking clinic? I'm not too sure. Even if he does try the takedown, can Kevin improve, right? The reason he's lost a lot of the time lately is because of the takedowns. So has he improved? Can he shuck the takedown of Michael? That's the question. Um, who are you actually taking and what's your final thoughts here? Well... Like I said earlier, my heart wants to take Kevin. My head wants to take Kiesa. Um, it's a tough one, man. It, it really depends. Kiesa's on a little bit of a skid. He's lost a couple fights. Um, pretty sure Big Mouse's last win was over the guy I said earlier. Can't remember his name, but he got a, he got a big win over maybe uh, Nasrat Hakparast, I think. Um, we can look that up if you'd like. And let me know. But is he an underdog? Is uh, is Holland an underdog in this fight? Live odds right now. They've been changing. Back I got it and right forth. here. I got it. Yeah, we got here Holland as a favorite. As a favorite, man. Kiesa's um, last win was Neil Magny. Kiesa, RDA, that, that might be. No, Kiesa's really a, an underdog. Yeah. Wow. He's been uh, that, the whole time. Okay, so listen, the money might be good for Kiesa because I do I do agree with you. I think he's going to take him down. I think he's going to wrestle him. Uh, Holland has shown improvement in takedown offense over his last several fights, I think. Uh, he was dominated four or five fights ago on the ground. He couldn't move. Um, but he continues to be taken down. So your final pick? Fuck. Fuck. Um, my heart is going to lose out. I have to take the underdog again. So there may be four now, and I'm going to go with Kiesa because... The smart money says if Holland this guy's hasn't above improved, the TKO subscriber. He's been listening. <laughs> not just if Holland hasn't improved significantly since his last fight. Time, right? Yeah, I mean he fights seven times a year, dude. I mean yeah. it's crazy. And Five he's times also a year, broke his hand seven in the times Wonder in Boy twelve fight. months. Broke his hand. Great fight. Great yeah. fight. Ah, uh, incredible. Okay. But still, man. Yeah, Kiesa. I'm sorry, Big Mouth. We're friends. I call you Big Mouth. I hope we're friends. Um, and I really hope you win. Blow my blow my parlay by just well, winning, like I said, knocking I them out. I think the theme of this main card, as you know, I'm going to see this live. I hope some of this is not quite come to fruition. But this is a clash of styles. Michael makes his money at the wrestling. I think he uses that. I am letting the dogs eat. They're coming to eat. We putting Chiesa on that parlay. We marking that yep. is down. Yep. And we getting that bread. Blow my blow my underdog parlay. Moving on, we got Bobby oh, no. King Green, the 36-year-old fighter with a 19 and 14 record taking on Tony El Kakui Ferguson, the 39-year-old fighter with a 26 and 8 record. And boy, oh boy, is this mm. going to be an interesting fight with mm, some mm, off-the-wall mm. striking exchanges. Elbows, knees, fucking... Maybe we'll get a, a Pettis jump off the fence punch oh, or some crazy stuff. I'm honestly surprised these two have not fought before, and I am so excited. Yeah, flying baby throw, probably, in this fight. I mean, <laughs> you, can, you can never expect anything but fireworks out of Tony Ferguson, El Kukui, the boogeyman... And Bobby Green. Bobby Green's been on a tear. He's been fast. Yeah, he actually changed his name to King Green lately. So yeah, we'll, we'll call, call him King, King dude. The artist formerly known as Bobby Green. 
Um, this guy's incredible. He's been fast. He's shown off his straight striking. Uh, I feel bad uh, for the boogeyman because growing up, he was just a fucking such a good fighter to watch. Um, All those wins and no title shot, too. No. Khabib well, yeah, Khabib. I mean, like you said earlier, the the Dagestani pull out <laughs> method. Yeah, I should adopt that method. Actually, it probably benefit me. I have no. Well, I have no kids that I oh, know about. You said well, I was like, oh, I have no kids that I, know. I don't think I don't know about any of the kids. I think mostly I would know probably, but um, but um, hi, Mitchum. Well, Bobby, he's a local. He trains at a pinnacle MMA literally just down the street. He's got a purple belt in BJJ. He has the most significant strikes landed in UFC lightweight history with 1,477 strikes. Jesus. And the most strikes landed in UFC lightweight history with 1,695 strikes. You talked about the speed. He's got it. He's I don't just, think I can even count that high. Probably not. He's a strike force, King of the Cage alum, former King of the Cage champion. He even fought in affliction, man. He's a two-fight. He's on a two-fight losing streak with a no contest, and he is two, three, and one since 2021. I thought that no contest was BS. Yes, it was a headbutt, but Bobby was going to win that fight. Ten of his 29 wins are via knockout. And Tony's got a black belt in BJJ. He's got a wrestling background at a Muscogee Community College. He was the champion in 2006, All-American in 06 and 07. He's the ultimate or the yeah, ultimate fighter champion and alum. He's the former interim lightweight champion. He had fight of the year against Anthony Pettis in 2018. Golly, what a fight that was. He's tied with Khabib for the longest winning streak in UFC lightweight history with 12 of those things. He's tied with Donald Cowboy Cerrone. For the most finishes in UFC lightweight history with 14. He's on a five-fight winning streak or losing streak, and he has not won since June of 2019. 12 of his 25 wins are via knockout, 8 via submission, so 20 of his 25 wins via finish. Very nice. He's got a five and a half inch reach advantage. And for me, I really just feel like Tony has fought world-class competition and has taken too many big shots. This thing can only take so much damage. Meanwhile, Bobby, again, speed kills. I think he's going to really take advantage of that. Both guys have wrestling backgrounds. I think if Tony really wants to get a win here, he talked about it on the new episode of Embedded today, that this is for him, not the fans. Maybe that's what he's saying. If he does mix in the wrestling, I think this fight can go the distance. If not... Sadly, this could be maybe even the last time we see El Kikui, uh with the King Green Speed. Um, but any last thoughts here? Uh, yeah, a couple thoughts. Let me correct myself a few times. I said Bobby Green was on a tear. He's lost his last two and no <laughs> contested one. I was wrong there. It's just like I love to watch him fight every time. It's really exciting, so maybe I just freak out and forget. He also uh, went from like middle-of-the-pack competition to the top level, right? Right, which is why I feel like he's been doing very well because he was, you know, a gatekeeper, I mean, for lack of a Islam, better term. Dude, that's crazy. On right. short notice. Right, right. He's a gangster. Uh, Kakui, like I said, it was sad. Look at those credentials. You hear those credentials for anyone else, and you see that credentialed person fighting Bobby Green, and you say that person wins. Uh, Tony Ferguson, if I'm not wrong, is 0-5 in his last five. Uh, You said that he's taken just so many devastating shots. There have been several, uh, notably the Michael Chandler kick to the chin. That was insane. Um, And 
Tony's too slow. He's his last too few fights, old. The loss to Nate Diaz, yeah, which dude, I thought Nate he was way Diaz. past gone at the time. If you lose to Nate, that's but a he, he. Dude, think about this. Before that, though, he had to get finished that by fight's Gaethje. A gimmick the for him to retire. He had Nate to Diaz lose fight. to Charles Oliveira. Then the next yeah, year he I gets Benil, then killer. Chandler, killer. then that. So I think like pre Gaethje, he would have beaten Nate to be Diaz, murdered. But. Yeah, oh, pre-Gaethje. How many years ago is that? It's, it's 2020. Okay, three Two years, years ago. ago. Of course, well, three, three years, years ago. ago from now, but, but Nate, when dude, the fight happened, Nate years. was the fight, in my opinion, that he was supposed to win and retire after. Uh, I don't know. About it, it was a gimmick fight. Nate is not a good fighter anymore. Nate's been having gimmick fights since... This is exactly water. my point. Anyways, um, obviously Bobby Green pieces him up, knocks him out in maybe the second round. Um... Well, a, Bobby, I, I think I don't think it's a good matchmaking fight. I love it. Two OGs. I mean, it's going to be a fun fight. If Tony's going to fight, give him Bobby Green. It's going to be a fun Bobby fight. Bobby Green's minus three fifty. Do you really want to fuck Tony up more than we no, already have? I'm taking Bobby. Jesus, me I too. am putting Bobby on the parlay. Me too. We marking that ish down, um, and we getting that bread. God. Moving on, <laughs> we got Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He's only forty. But he's got a 17-6-1 record and the number 7 next to his name. Taking on Michelle, the Demolador Herrera. 29 years old with a 28-11 record and the number 15 next to his name. You want to talk about fun matchups. This is going to be one hell of a kickboxing affair. Two guys with karate backgrounds. I can already see Michelle coming with a crazy spinning cartwheel kick and Steven Wonderboy coming in over the top. I can't wait. What's your thoughts on this, Jace? This is going to be a really exciting fight. Um, both Steven Thompson, Wonderboy, Wonderbread, Wonderboy, is, <laughs> is fighting Michelle Piera. Um, they're both karate proficient. Uh, Michelle, man, he's just, he's exciting. He does flips on people. <laughs> like, he's, uh, he's a fun fighter to watch. He's got the capoeira mixed in there with the karate. Uh, I think, uh, Stephen Thompson is more well-rounded in every aspect. And I think he takes this fight relatively easily. Unanimous decision. Wonderboy. Breaking it down, Stephen, obviously the Karate Kid. He's even in the new Karate Netflix show. Uh, what is that called? Um, karate Kid? No, it's it was a guess. something like that. Probably He's got a fifth-degree black here. belt in Tetsu Shin Ryu Karate. He's got a black belt in American kickboxing, a brown belt in BJJ. A lot of these were amateur, but he had 58 kickboxing wins, and he shows out, man. Three of his last five fights, Wonderboy's got fight of the night or performance of the night. I'm expecting another 50G bonus coming his way. He's tied with Vicente Luque for the most post-fight bonuses and UFC welterweight history with eight of them things. He's on a one-fight winning streak. He is one and two since 2021. He hasn't fought very actively. He's almost 40. He's in this thing, though. He's excited for this one. Eight of his 17 wins are via knockout. Michelle, he's got a black belt in BJJ and karate. He's a jumbo fight alum. He's on a five-fight winning streak. Ten of his 28 wins are via knockout. And for me... The story is Steven has to weather the early storm. Early in Michelle's UFC career, he comes out so aggressive, he tired himself out. I expect him to think he could finish the 40-year-old veteran, and Steven's got to stay calm, cool, collected. 
Guess what happened in his last fight against Kevin Holland? He stayed calm, cool, collected. He ended up getting the victory. I think the further this fight goes on, the more it favors the veteran. And if Michelle does look to mix in some wrestling, which he has done, and control the fight because that's been another weakness of Wonder Boy, you know, things can get interesting. I doubt Michelle's going to have a game plan for that on this massive card that everyone's hyped up about. For that reason, I am taking Wonder Boy. I am putting him on that parlay. We marking that ish down, and we getting that bread. Now we got the co-main event of the evening. We got Jan Blakovich. My friend, my friend, when he watched his first Jan fight called the Blastovich, he thought it was like Blastovich or something. Blastoise would be a good <laughs> I was like, fighter nickname I'm, for Jan. Jan Bla- Blastoise Blahovich. <laughs> Either way, the Polish power, the 40-year-old fighter with a 29-9-1 record and the number three next to his name, Taking on Alex Poetan Pereira, the 36-year-old fighter with a 7-2 and two record and the number 2 next to his name. But again, a little bit of a clash of style. No, Jan isn't a grappling-heavy guy, but we watched it with the Izzy fight. He leg-kicked Izzy. He went for the takedown. It was a simple game plan. I think that's going to be his path to victory here, and he has to avoid that powerful left from Alex but things get interesting because how is he going to get that takedown? And how does Alex do now that he doesn't have to cut so much weight? What's your uh, initial thoughts here? Uh, you mentioned a lot of good things there. The fact that he doesn't have to cut so much weight, it plays into the fact uh, about what I was talking to you about earlier. Um, the fact that somebody has uh, kind of lanky, uh, not to diss Izzy, but I mean, he's a great fighter, but for him to be knocked out by Izzy and then move up, the only reason why I don't think that he'll be immediately knocked out by Jan with the legendary Polish power is because he has no weight cut, basically. He's happy where he's at. He's, he said earlier, I think in an embedded episode, he was training happy. Uh, that's not something he hear often from fighters. Um, he's won all of his fights, almost. His first fight he lost professionally. He's won every other fight since then until he just lost to Izzy. Um, and for him to move up and fight Jan, it's a tough fight. It's a good matchup stylistically. The winner gets a title shot. I think the winner does get a title shot in this one. My heart says Jan. My head is still stuck. When you break this thing down, I'll make my pick as soon as you're done. Well, breaking it down, Jan's got a Muay Thai background. He's a first-degree black belt in BJJ. He won gold in the Muay Thai Worlds in 2008. He's a former light heavyweight champion. He had one successful title defense, which was against Israel Adesanya. Four of his last fights have been for the title. He's been in there five rounders all day. He's a KSW alum, and he's coming off a win and a draw in 2022. The draw was a bunch of baloney. I thought he lost that fight. Regardless, this is Alex's first light heavyweight fight. He has a kickboxing background. He's an orthodox fighter. He's a perennial kickboxing champion. He's got a black belt in kickboxing, a brown belt in BJJ. He's the former middleweight champion, the first win against Israel. He was the 2022 Fighter of the Year and Breakout Fighter of the Year that year. Three of his five UFC fights have been performance of the night. This guy shows up, he shows out. He's on a one-fight losing streak. He is 4-1 and one in the UFC. Six of his seven wins are via knockout. He's a jungle fight, an LFA alum, and again, he dominated glory over and over. 
And much like the other fight, potential clashes styles, I think the first round is key here. If majority of the round is kickboxing, back and forth exchanges, I'm going to be hyped as a fan. Like here in Salt Lake, watching the Polish power versus Poetan, he's got those rocks tatted on his hand. I mean, golly. You could put together some nice combos for Alex early and often. I'm just curious to see if Jan really does look to control the center and try to push Alex back. Because again, without the weight cut at light heavyweight, that might not be the case. I think Alex does have to get on his bike a little bit, keep his feet moving and avoid those takedowns and the Polish power, the technically bigger guy that's been fighting at a bigger class. But I'm super excited for this thought. Any final thoughts and a pick here? This is a pick em for me. This is, is straight down the middle. Vegas agrees. Um, Jan is a minus 125 favorite, so slight favorite. Okay. Um, I'm going to let my heart do the work here. I'm going to go with the favorite. I'm going to go with Jan in the first round. Uh, if he's going to win. You like the first rounds, huh? Uh, Jan is just the legendary Polish power. <laughs> you know, he if he cracks, is, or if he cracks uh, Poetan... Oh. Uh, in the first round, uh, real nicely. He might be able to catch him off guard. He might be able to surprise him if he goes past the first round. It's going to be a toss-up for me out. Man, Alex hits hard. Alex is going to be able to knock him out, maybe. Yeah, um, it's a tough fight, man. I'm going to go with my heart here because, I mean, he is the favorite. Apparently, Vegas thinks it's a smart choice, barely. Uh, I've been to Poland. I've never been to Brazil. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with my bias here. I'm going with Jan. Well, I'm going with Jan as well. Yeah. I'm confident enough to put it in that parlay. We mark here that we edge down and we gain that bread. Get that bread, right? I'm you gonna like learn that? this one. Yeah. I mean, it's your tagline at this point. Yeah, I know. I've watched your podcast once. Okay. He's watched before. One time. <laughs> the last time. And then the main event. The reason oh, I am going to Salt whiz. Lake City is this fight and this fight alone. The rest of the card is icing on the cake. We're getting Dustin, the Diamond, Poirier, 35 years old with a 29-7 and record and the number two next to his name. Fight. Taking on Justin. His nickname is the highlight, Gaethje, 34 years old with a 25-4 and record and the number three next to his name. This is the BMF, the baddest motherfucker on the planet. Jorge Masvidal will be granting this title. We got a fight of the year contender. It's about to go down. In my opinion, the storyline is leg kicks versus boxing. Who can take more shots just like the first fight? With both guys, they've been in so many wars. I am concerned of the amount of fights and damage that Dustin has taken. I picked Connor in the second fight because I was worried about that. But Dustin proves he continues to show he is durable. He has not been knocked out since 2016. And again, your boy, Bart Scott, can't wait! Man, this fight is so hard to choose. There's no head here. It's heart and heart, man. Justin trains in Glendale, uh, probably very close to where we're at right now. Um, Who does? Justin. Justin trains in Denver. Well, you know what? He grew up in Glendale or something. Anyways, he's yeah, a local, he he's a local boy. Here, yeah. I grew up here. He's part of my heart. I love watching him fight. He's always exciting. He is, you know, he sells tickets. And then there's, there's, there's Dustin Poirier, the diamond from New Orleans, man. I mean... These, these fighters are both incredible. 
they're going to throw down this, I'm going to call call it, in, where are we, July? This is going to be the fight of the year. These guys are going to go crazy. They're going to square up. Um, a lot of people are saying it's going to be better than the first, which is going to be hard to do. The only two things I have to, to tell you, and the only two, not the only two, but the two major speed bumps they've hit in the last five years are, one, each other, and two, Khabib and Oliveira. Where do you go from there? You go to the BMF title. <laughs> I mean, yeah. This, I, I mean, this, this is what a, a perfect fight This is a tough BMF. one. I feel like this glorifies the BMF better than it was before. Like, these two guys, again, we're about to name off the accolades, the fight of the years that they've had. Incredible. This is a guaranteed box office. If you want to get in the UFC, you're not too sure, watch this fight. You will be a fan. I agree with you, man. I'm, I don't even think I knew the card when I agreed to go to this with you. And uh, this, like you said earlier, this is everything else besides this is icing on the cake. Everything else could be canceled, and I could go for this one fight and feel like it was still worth it. This is going to be incredible. Go ahead and break it down for us. Well, let's talk about these guys' accolades, because holy moly, they've done some things. So Dustin, he's a southpaw fighter. He trains out of American Top Team. He has a black belt and BJJ. He's the former UFC lightweight champion. Three of his last five fights have been fight of the night or performance of the night. He's a bonus machine. He's tied with these guys. Frankie Edgar, Edson Barboza, Nate Diaz for most fight of the night bonuses in UFC history with eight. He's tied with Drew Dober with the most knockouts in UFC lightweight history with eight. He had the 2018 fight of the year against Justin Gaethje. 2012, to some media, not majority of the media, but some media, he did get that. And 2012 fight of the year against the Korean Zombie. He's on a one-fight winning streak. He is 3-1 and one since 2021. 14 of his 29 wins are via knockout, and he is a WEC OG and alum. Meanwhile, Justin trains out at Elevation Fight Team with Trevor Whitman, the genius. He's got a D1 wrestling background. Love me some Big Sky. Northern Colorado. His junior year, he got seventh place in nationals. He was the interim lightweight champion. Nine of his 11 UFC fights, they don't call him the highlight for nothing, have been fight of the night or performance of the night. Again, he shows up. It shows out. He had the 2017 fight of the year against Michael Johnson. The 2021 fight of the year against Michael Chandler. The 2018 fight of the year against Dustin Poirier. He's on a one-fight winning streak. He's 2-1 since 2021. And again, when these guys have so much damage, a lot of guys talk like Justin gets into a car wreck each time. He's only 2-1 since 2021, but the wars he puts on, the shows he puts on, you can't just bounce back and fight in a month, you know what I mean? Yeah, not, not with either of those fighters. Justin, Dustin, they're both warriors. Austin's. <laughs> yeah, some Austin's. Uh, yeah. Real quick, Justin is a World Series of Fighting alum. He was a former champion with five successful title defenses before the UFC. He's got the highest significant striking percentage in UFC lightweight history. If you think of lightweight and all the previous greats, that's phenomenal. A 60.2%. And 19 of his 24 wins are via knockout. And I've done a lot of fun research because immediately I knew I was going to take Dustin. I'm still taking Dustin. 
but I've been watching Justin Gaethje's YouTube with Trevor Whitman, the video blogs. I don't think he's done this as much before. He looks to be in probably the best shape that he's ever been in. He added a bunch of weight for the Rafael Fazeev fight because Rafael Fazeev clearly showed the speed advantage, but Justin landed a lot of the damaging shots. And I think a lot of that is from the fight from Poirier previously. He got a little bit out of class when it came to size and, and power shots, besides the kicks, right? So he's leveled up there. Dustin, he's definitely overcome adversity in the first fight. He had an eye poke. After all those leg kicks, most guys would have crumbled. Well, Dustin came back stronger. He got the fucking job done, and he beat uh, Justin Gaethje in a war back in 2018. And I feel like Dustin has also thickened up quite a bit. You look at the early Dustin days, he's he's taken a, a, a lot of damage, but he's thickened up. He's gotten his conditioning right. I think he does cut a lot of weight, so has Gaethje. And... Um, Gaethje has changed a lot of his goals. He wanted to be the highlight. He wanted to be the guy that everyone wants to watch. He told Trevor Whitman, I want to be a champion. He's tried to run towards that. But they've both taken a lot of shots. You've seen it with Tony Ferguson. We talked about Tony Ferguson. You could fight elite level, but our brains could only talk, take so many shots. That's why a lot of elite fighters are talking about not sparring so much unless it's training camp and not taking those unnecessary shots. I am concerned one of these guys, one shot from there, the rest of their career is a dip. Neither guy have shown that. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Uh, both of these guys have been on a tear. They fought the best of the best, and there's a reason they're fighting for the BMF, Jace. Yeah, man. These guys, like I've said a million times, are both killers, but there's one thing that both of these guys have uh, have done in the last five years since they almost five years since the last time they fought and they've both evolved uh immensely like you said justin gaiche uh the highlight used to only look at that and go forward push forward with with just crazy crazy rushes and and really detrimental uh risks that he'd take uh and and poria has been through the ringer in the last five years when it comes to fighting legendary fighters and only losing to the two people that Gaethje also lost to. So when these two come together... A win against Chandler, loss against Oliveira, wins against Connor twice, Dan Hooker, loss against Khabib, wins against Max Holloway, Eddie Alvarez since his first Gaethje fight. Gaethje since then has defeated James Vick, Edson Barboza, Cowboy Cerrone, Tony Ferguson, lost to Khabib as well. Beat Michael as well, lost to Oliveira, beat Fazeev. I mean, right. these guys have beaten the best of the best since they fought each other. And Gaethje's from Safford, Arizona, far out by Tucson. By okay, way. cool. Um, well, then, if I were to make my final pick, I've never tried this hot sauce. I want to, but it's going to have to be Dustin Poirier. I'm taking the diamond as well. I am putting him on that parlay. We market that ish down, and we get that bread. Next week, we'll talk about it. We'll see what Jace's picks are as well. He's going to recap the card with me. We get a UFC fight night card, but it's not at the Apex. It's in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville is going to go wild. It's a 7 p.m. main card, and it's headlined with a short notice fill, and we get Corey Sanhagen, Rob Font, a bantamweight showdown. I'm fired up for that one, Jace. Yeah, man, that's going to be a fun, fun one. Nashville is one of the best places you can be in the United States. It's a great, great city. Um, just real quick, run me through your full 
parlay pick for right, the so card? I, I bet a couple of fun parlays so far. I'm going to do another one, but I have to wait until after weigh-ins because I always like to make a logical bet. Because some guys miss weight, fights get canceled. Got to bet responsibly. Sadly, right? Yeah. You got to bet responsibly. Or what is it? Modelo, drink responsibly. Modelo. No, actually, you know, what is it? Who is it? Uh, not who is it. Happy Dad. Steve will do it and Kyle's Forest Guard. I've been displaying the logo all day. Yeah, do my those. do my buddy Shane a favor and give him, you know, a couple cases. <laughs> give him a shout out. <laughs> give him a shout out. I'm and worth a couple cases out here. I can give him a shout out. A couple people will watch. Yeah. And who course. knows, man? You're gonna get uh you're gonna get Hunter on, hopefully. Try to get a bunch of dudes. The 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 idea behind getting fighters <laughs> You're just on gonna now, camp out of Justin's gym no, and call and bring them over here. The fight. It's not like the NFL where these guys have a hundred thousand people coming at them, right? These a lot guys, of people don't know Hunter these guys Azure are people. or these they're dudes cool. are, and, and they're that's regular ass people. And the reason right. I want them to get them on is much like shout out business unfiltered, where we tell entrepreneurship yes. stories, is to tell the MMA story so that the new wave of fighters can see. A lot of times people see Dustin Poirier, they I want to go in the UFC, I can make a shit ton of money, start my own hot sauce or whatever, but they don't realize that the amount of money they make isn't like the other professional sports. A lot of these guys have families, they have to have a second job, maybe they have to have, like, there's so many complications. So what these guys that have been through it, as the UFC's going, I mean, look at women's MMA, how good it's gotten. Ronda Rousey was a champion with one move in armbar. She never even knew what it was like fighting past five minutes. Look at women's MMA now. We have Aaron Blanchfield, who's like 24, and is out here dominating people. Right. You have you talked about the flyweight division, these yes. young up-and-coming. MMA, guys could come out of uh, high school and train MMA and be like, I want to be a pro. Mm-hmm. But they don't know what the specifics take, what it, what it takes to get a nutritionist. Like, that's why I love my guy Sean O'Malley, you know, Montana alumni as well. Helena Montana, he's got a nutritionist. He has like everything so dialed in, and it's 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 perfect. But not a lot of people understand that, and you got to be around good people that help you get there. So I would like the fighters to come on and tell them their specifics around what they do, so that the next wave of fighters can hear that, and we can level up the game. So that's my idea there. Yeah, man, I agree with you. Getting the fighters on, and getting away from the fighting aspect, and getting to the point on how ESPN they. ESPN already asked them a hundred times. What do you think about this fight? Like, no, what do you mean? I got to fight them. Manage their money that they come into. They're in yeah. a unique situation compared to a lot of other athletes. You look at baseball, and if you hit the ball one of three times, you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars. In fact, if but you, you can fight, you can play the fact, next day. If you're Fighters can't if fight for you're drafted, times. right? If you're drafted to the MLB. The minimum, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the minimum you're making, no matter what you do, if you're a pinch hitter and you hit six times a year, you're making two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I think it's five hundred. Right. But yeah. Well, okay, even even better. And as a fighter, correct me if I'm wrong, until you're fighting in pay-per-views, you are a ten ninety-nine employee. You're. Everyone's money's different. You earn different contracts. Yeah, you right. But. You start at like five and five. It's, so if you lose, you only get five thousand bucks. Right. It's like the PGA Tour, man. These guys are paying to. No, seriously, they're paying to to go sure, to these tournaments, get their millions. hotels. Only if they win, it's the top fifty players. How many people are the in those tournaments? 50, a couple hundred. That's yeah. A lot of guys. Out of and the UFC, the top out of a couple 50, hundred million, who are the best in the world, and and the people who are getting fiftieth are making you know fifty, sixty thousand dollars maybe, and I'm un- uneducated. But they can on play that. another tournament in a week and maybe win a million. 
The UFC just engaged. That's fair. Loses and That's fair. Out, you know, it's like, at least another six months. At yeah. least maybe the four the if you're if you're not you hurt. Out six months. Yeah. But quickly, I got two parlays down. Off topic. Again, Here I we go. Back to the bets. Till Friday, I did. Last, you asked me for my bets, and then we went to all this. Yeah, I got. Um, I got emotional. I'm sorry. This guy's heart in his head. You know. Yeah, like I said, man. That's. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna start a podcast, and we call it the heart versus the head. The, the double H. The heart and the head. Uh, but I did a fun underdog parlay. <laughs> Why? Because it's big odds. It's no, plus. I have got one. I've got an underdog parlay for you as well. Okay, well, it's plus 2,000 odds. That's why I did it. I I'm got taking your one. Alex Pereira, Justin Gaethje, Michelle Pereira, and Michael Chiesa because they're Michelle. dogs. And the dogs come to eat. But the parlay that I did was a deep one. I did uh, pretty much all the fights that I think will win. But I will do a logical that I would put my betting one on Friday after weigh-ins like a smart person. But I got Poirier, Blakovich, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, Venacious Salvador yeah. as a dog. Salvador. Bobby Green, Gabriel Bonfim, Rogerio de Lima, and Michael Chies is another dog. Plus wow. 6,000 wow. odds. 25 pays out 1692 on MGM. If you Just win saying. that. Lastly, Jace will say what he you're will. You're paying me back do, for the whole We're going to do a four-bet parlay for the fans before we go. We're going to do a four-bet parlay. We're going to do it round-robin style. And we're going to ride it. We're putting our money. I'll put $100 on it because why the f- not? And if we hit, we're going to take a, a video. We're going to go live from the event. It's going to be a good time. He's and we're gonna... getting after it. But Ooh. these four bets, I'm going to start. You're second. I'm third. You're fourth. Let me we, put my bets one, down. Let me put can, my... But the parlay for the fans, it's like... We're we're telling them this is a this is a lock. Let's let's close we the show. We gotta lock this shit. Yes, you know let's close I mean? the show with the fan part. Let me give you my yeah, underdog pick let's and my go, big let's pick. Go. Your Here's dick my underdog. Pick. Yeah, my big pick. <laughs> this guy's sticking I'm, with his head. I'm spitting segments for you. You need the big pick, the big <laughs> yeah. pick segment. This guy's straight fire right now. Come on, man. Alright, let's see what you got. Listen. Okay. Here's my underdog bet. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> This guy's out of control right now, my guys. No, 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 no. My underdog bet yep. is going to be Vinicius. <laughs> Vinicius. Phenomenal this Salvador. Guy, this guy knows Vinicius so well, man. Listen, I'm French, dude. I I'm not Brazilian. I think he TKOs when I brought that guy up. I must have Anyways, that's number one. The What's second one. Vinicius. See? Okay, come on. Give me, give me a fucking chance, dude. All you gotta do is say it once. I'll remember for 10 seconds. He's got Salvador. El fin- or not El, just Phenomenal. F- the Phenomenon in English. And what else do you got? Tell the people what you got, Jace. Derek! Jesus. <laughs> have to edit that. <laughs> Derek Lewis, you take the black piece. No. What's this guy laughing about, man? Listen, man, I didn't mean to yell into your microphone or my own ears. My anyway. ears are bleeding. I'll edit that so you hear your Yeah, bleeding. put a sound warning on this. Jesus. Um, uh, Derek, the Black Beast, my balls are hot, Lewis, is going to get the win over this Delima guy. Okay? okay? He's going he's gonna to squash. That's how well studied he is on Delima. It's the Delima guy. Gonna, He's gonna squash the streak. <laughs> Sounds like a fight fight. Yeah, <laughs> I know. This Delima guy. Derek Lewis has There's... lost four in the last five. Casual fans, that's why I can't bring these no. guys on. Okay, listen, Derek that's... Lewis has lost to killers. I know. We've Delima heard this shit. We've heard this shit. So now better. we're gonna build. I got a... one more. 
I got another is piece of my parlay. A, it's oh, a dog. It's my so dog parlay. Two dogs. Oh, three I dogs. I got three dogs. You He's got four. three dogs. <laughs> All right. It's my dog. <laughs> All right. My last dog has got to be. He's scrolling. <laughs> Justin. After I chose Jorge <laughs> Juice as my third dog, it's got to be at least like 1,200. No, you got a plus 125. Yep. You got a plus... <laughs> this guy's out of control, ladies and gentlemen. A plus 150 and a plus 140. Your biggest yeah. dog is plus 150. Like plus 274. Take some chances with that as you will. But we are going to do a legitimate... We're, we're saying, yo, this is a lock, oh, all right? Man. We're giving That's a lock. Terrible. We're doing round-robin lock. I am going with the first pick. It's not my legal. First pick, this is not legal advice. Do not take pick, my picks. My first pick, I am going with the main event. I'm going over two and a half. It went over last time. I don't think these guys can finish each other. Poirier has not been finished at 16. Justin Gaethje is a savage. I'm going plus two and a half at minus 120 odds to start the parlay. Jace, what's your next one? I got over-unders here. I got the matchups. What, like, yeah. You've looked at the card. We broke it down. We spent two hours here just talking yeah. shit. What's the <laughs> one thing that you're like, I know this will happen? Are First you person to comment how to no, say no, no. savage oh, come on, come in on. French. Come on. We got one. We need another one from you. No, my first bet is absolutely going to be Bonfim. We can't hear you. You're not speaking the mic. First bet is going to be Bonfim over Giles. Okay. So Safe you're just bet. Going money line. Safe. No, you well, know, for that fight, there's four of them, aren't there? Not very good for the fans. Minus three thirty-four. Oh, we're doing it for the fans. Yeah, we're giving them a parlay. But if you told me we're you, riding that. I'm riding a hundred of my money. You better ride your shit on it too. Yeah, chill out, man. He can't man. come on if he ain't riding, bro. All right, listen. Let's ride. First bet. <laughs> Let's ride. First bet. I'm going Kevin Holland. This is our block, bro. I'm not gonna let you do that. <laughs> what are you, dude? Let me make you a bet. You're going money. Let's just do bond theme. <laughs> He's taking bond yeah, theme. I'm taking so Kevin. I got, big mouth. I got B- Dustin and Gaethje over two and a half. He's Wait. taking bond theme minus three thirty four. Yeah. No, I'm taking <laughs> big mouth. This is a lock. That's not a lock. A lock. A no, lock dude. means you're going to put money on this and win. We're telling yeah. you we're going to win. This is Bose and TKO's <laughs> credit right here. This is not Bose and TKO's. You are Bose and TKO's. This is my Do lock. Do you actually think that's a lock? Kevin Hall. Like, oh. So, so you're going to put 100 of your own money on it? What? Who? <laughs> exactly. You're taking bond theme. I'm going to go next. I am going to put... Golly. Locks are tough sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Going Derek Lewis no, as my next to. one. No, honestly, get your shit together. What if, give us right, a lock. Listen, you if I was... Bon theme, no, when I said Bond theme, why bon did theme? you talk because shit? It's, it's, you could have bet a lot of stuff. You bet a minus 334. It's the first it's, out of four. That's the yeah, first thing I said to you. Two. I'm doing two. I thought we were doing four. Yeah, two plus two each. equals? No, I thought we were doing four each. Right, I thought so they could either pick yours or mine. That's fine. I'm going to take... I'm going to take the Jan Blachowicz fight over a round and a half. That's minus 155. So I got Blachowicz over, Dustin over. He's taking Bonfi money line. What else? 
we're putting a hundred dollars of our own hard-earned cash on this. So taking Jake Matthews is a unanimous decision. So you're taking them to decision. Yes. We don't know what those odds are. Yes, we do. But he's the minus two seventy-five favorite. <laughs> so it's gonna be. Oh, well, he's not gonna knock he, him out. He's say, gonna put the pressure on. We could say over one and a half. He's gonna exhaust which him. One fifty-five. So we're doing Matthews to decision, which is better odds. Over one and a half is one fifty-five. We got Dustin fight over. We got Jeez. the Blakovich fight over, and he's locking in Gabriel Bond theme at it's minus boring. Three, thirty-four. The whole thing yeah, is boring. But if you bet hundred, you might win like one hundred sixty. That's pretty good. Two sixty. Not really, dude. We're both going to win an extra hundred sixty nah, in Salt a Lake. What can we big... do with that? I'm a big underdog better. happy dads and you're chilling at <laughs> I'm a big underdog better, man. Yeah, but big that's underdog better. We're trying to give the fans. I'm a trying to get a lock. value out All of right, my you bet. Alright, you heard it here. I'll post it on Twitter, post it on Instagram at Bows and TKOs. This is episode eight. Thanks for hanging with this us generic, you know. Generic. Okay. What am I trying to say? Canceled. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. We're not generic. Jewish. We're that's what you're trying to say. Degenerates. Here at Bows and TKOs. It's Tuesday evening. See you guys in Salt Lake. Check for us on ABC. My, I'm the host, Shane Gillette. This is Jace. Tibby. Tibby. We'll be seeing you guys next week. We're making a sign. Look for us.